time of the week again. Prepare yourself for the surveyors of saws, the sultans of spaghetti, the whispers in your ears. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the What's Your Spaghetti Policy Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Alex and Jacob. You'll, you'll learn about. you'll learn really quick that Jacob is full of shit. I've never lied <laughs> a day in my life, dude. I only tell the truth. So he's a walking embodiment of like an internet troll. But like not not a <laughs> but not a toxic one. Well, I mean he's toxic sometimes. I mean, it just I'm not I try not to be super toxic. Like I don't like confrontation. So obviously I'm not gonna be like toxic <laughs> to anybody like in person. I'm just gonna just be like a, it's passively aggressive toxic. Like he just like grew up like terror him and his <clears throat> excuse me him and his brother like terrorized his dad all the time nice <laughs> i mean it's like shit heels man just like the things they did and I think, yeah and now he's gonna taste his own medicine he's got two kids now so oh man such a wrestling kick that yeah like now that you explain it like yeah we were definitely like a wwe heel like coming in like just our dad's like giving some kind of promo and me and my brother just come in and like just rko him immediately like in the middle of it you know we 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 get him. We get the three count on him, and like, there's not even a match going on. We yeah. just walk then off, and like, your brother just punts him. Yeah, just... yeah, pretty much. <laughs> How come your sister never got in on any of those brawls? Oh, uh, she's small. She's smaller. <laughs> she's, I mean, technically, she's taller than I am, but she's she's like she's younger. She's like five years. Yeah, younger, you're putting so. it off like you're some like big dude. Like you're not very big. There he goes. <laughs> <He'll>... <laughs> I'm not sick. coughing at all. I'm so I'm very healthy. I don't know so we went about. to a wrestling event like three weeks ago at this point. And Where'd you go to? We went to uh, Collision. We went to AEW in uh, nice. Greensboro. And, That's awesome. uh, and it was his first ever like real exposure to wrestling. Like I grew, I mm-hmm. grew, grew up with him my whole life. Like I was a huge wrestling kid. And, Me uh, too. And so he went <clears throat> like he does. He's kind of a recluse sometimes. He doesn't get out a lot. Well, so he got that to get out is the thing. i mean <clears throat> you know you go to enough cons you get that like con crud you know oh yeah so he's kind of got like that lots of people or we're around crud and he can't shake it gotcha it's just like yeah. i'm fine that i can't sucks. i just can't laugh if i start laughing is when it starts getting really bad but yeah, uh, yeah it's just like <laughs> stuck in my chest dude i don't know so um <clears throat> anyways so deegan yes yes how are you? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah. You know, could could always be better, but you know. Could always be uh, worse. That is that is the truth. Are I you a, are you a glass worse. half empty or glass half full kind of person? It just depends on the week, man. Really? <laughs> like, Hell yeah. I get you speaking my language now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like is uh, this week, you know, one week I'll be like pep talking everybody, you know, my friends are like, man, I just I'm like, man, you just gotta, you know, you gotta have the right mindset, bro. Like you just yeah. gotta yeah. and then the next week I'll just be like, Everything sucks and I don't know what I'm gonna do and you know, it's it's the worst thing ever. And my mom is like, We just couldn't get a burger tonight. Like it's fine. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But you know uh, what? Well, actually, my whole week is ruined now because I was really counting on that burger to like you know bring up the whole week, and it's just yeah, like a exactly. whole thing now. You know, and that's the domino that fell. You know, that just kind of eroded yeah. everything. Well, if so. it makes you, you can't really see it, but if it makes you feel any better, you see these two things behind me. Oh, dude, that's awesome! 
Yeah, dude, that's you, bro. That's so cool, man. Yeah, man. Um, so you and I, oh my gosh, let me bring this back down. You and I, we met uh two, three months ago. No, was it that long? I don't remember. When was family? It was Knoxville. When was Knoxville? July. What month was that? Was that July? July. Beginning of July. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So six months ago. That's what it feels like. like. Yeah, man. Like (laughs) so much life has happened since then. Um, But like I walk in like because I go to fanboy every year and I walk in and I had a purpose and I had a mission and I just got like diverted. I see I see you and I'm like, I'm gonna go talk to this guy which is like way out of like Jacob's realm of anything he would ever do. He doesn't talk to people. He doesn't like strangers. He doesn't talk to people. I like to mind my own business is what I like to do. Okay. I like to just not, Yeah, but he's, he's there to make money. So, okay. That's um, right. He has to talk to people. So I understand. He doesn't have to, you know, you just, you could just pretend. Yeah, no, that's very true. I don't have to. And (laughs) there are some people who work at their tables and they choose not to talk to people that come up and man, that's a, that's an that's an experience. There was there, there was a couple people after I'd left your table and like I was just like trying to be like not like overly like, you know, like the, the stigma, like overly friendly. But I was just like, yeah. and I don't know who it was. I don't remember his name, but like he had done some work on Ninja Turtles comics like in the 90s. Oh, nice. And like that dude could not be bothered to talk to me. <laughs> Like at all, like I was just like, look, you know, flipping through his portfolio and like just trying to like have a conversation like his, I guess his wife and his, his like daughter was there. They were all just like, get out of here. Like, like, what? why are you here? And I'm like, all right, well, you know, OK, but I like mean, to be fair, you don't look like a tycoon. Like you're not walking in with like a bag of uh, like a like a bag with a dollar symbol on it and you don't got like a top hat or anything. So, well, I mean, uh, I don't know. What's crazy off. though is it's like you you never know, you know. Like, and I'm not saying just be nice to people because you want to get their money. I'm just, but like, you know, it's you, you just never know, like who's walking up to your table. And I'm like, I don't care how big you are in the industry. It's like there's always going to be bigger fish than you, you know. So don't act like you're some big fish and you know a, a small pond. And then somebody walks up and it could have been a great opportunity. You could have been an editor, you know, right. or something like that. You know, looking for somebody on a on a book and he would have just totally shat all over it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, by the way, can, can we cuss on here? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, oh, dude, thank God. Always. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, whenever I do podcasts, I'm always like, if, if they say no cursing, I'm like, guys, I don't know how much you're going to be able to use this. <laughs> like, I can't. It's just like like an episode full of bleeps or whatever. It's like a bunch of <laughs> yeah. dead audio. I'll even, ta- I'll even take it even further. Unless you tell me to remove something, this is all one take. There's no yes. editing. There's no going through being like, <laughs> Uh, we don't have the time, dude. We don't have the time to be bothered. I mean, this is episode 217. We've been doing this for a while, so it's wow, that's a lot. Holy cow! So it's sort of, I mean, and it's been most part, it's been sort of this like after episode 200, Mm. we like you do 200 episodes together, right? Like we've had guests here and there before we had 200, and then like we just sort of like wanted to restructure it a little bit and be like, well, mm-hmm. I mean, after 200 episodes, we've exhausted every opinion possible that we <laughs> I was have. Gonna say, that's a, that's a lot of content, man. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. Not a lot of it's good, but it is content. It's true. <laughs> it's content. Hey, it's out there. So I mean, it, we live in the age of where like the content is key, regardless of quality. Right. And, um, so after 200, we decided we were going to switch it and like have a rotating third person every week. So the 17 weeks in a row, we've had a new person that like, oh, wow, we call it the rotating third chair. So it's like, I mean, it's 
even mind-boggling enough that like I can pull together that many people that will be like, yeah, sure, I'll hop on your podcast. Why not? <laughs> that consistently too. I mean, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But like you and I hit it off really like I had like no real expectations going in there, but like I don't know. Like sometimes you just like meet somebody and you like you hit it off immediately. And it was just like you and I just I mean shit, we yeah. talked for like 30 minutes. Like the first know, person, yeah, I think was- like literally <laughs> the first person I run it, the first booth I go to is yours. And I'm like, well, okay, my you know, not that my job here is done, but <laughs> you know, like I guess I, I mean I paid this entry fee. I guess I should go talk to other people, but like I'll be back. And I, I did that whole thing, Jacob, where I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like I'll be back. And I'm sure that like he, I mean, I even like brought it back up when I because like if you're running, I mean, he can speak to it more, but like if you're running like a table and someone's like, oh yeah, yeah I'll be back. Like they never come back. Like they, that is, yeah, that is like 100% what I would say to somebody. Minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, would you prefer someone to be like, Oh yeah, yeah. I might be back, or would you just prefer someone to be like, yeah, this is cool, but I'm not coming back. See, I'm, I'm such a blunt person. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't BS anything because mm-hmm. I'm just like, I, I feel like the more people try to, um, oh, try to save your feelings, I think the worse it is. Sure. I don't know. That's just the way that I've always felt. Is I'm just like, if if you you know don't like something, just say you don't like it. If you don't, you know. If you don't want to come back, I would I wouldn't be offended at all if somebody was like, This is cool and everything, but uh yeah, thanks anyway. I'm not coming back. Or, you know, like- it's, it's definitely more of a defense mechanism <laughs> if I'm like, Hey, I'll be back because I don't want you to be I I I have a big fear with like letting people down. And so it's like I don't wanna well, I don't wanna see your sticking up skin either, you know, to handle I, I, yeah. it. Yeah. You know, and it's, like, I, I just want to see your disappointed face. I'm like, nah, I'm not going to be back. And then I'll be like, okay, well, actually, I might be back. I don't know yet. Okay. But what if he so, comes? What if, see, you could also do the flip side, though, because you have like really bad anxiety. So if you're like, oh, I'll be back. And then, like, how do you not convince yourself to go back? Because it's like, well, that dude's expecting me to come back. Like, he, he's banking on me to come back. <laughs> Once I leave, it doesn't matter. Anymore. You don't exist. You don't exist. In my, like, that's just how ADHD works, baby. As soon as you walk away from a situation, that situation no longer exists. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and on my end of it, it's uh, I think people don't realize, you know, like with and it's not to sound douchey, but there's so many people that come to your table mm-hmm. that nine times out of 10. I mean, you know, it, it's hard to remember somebody, who, you know, like somebody could walk up the next day and I'll have a vague, you know, like almost okay, like a yeah, yeah, yeah. of it where I'm like, did they come up here yesterday? Yeah. And then there'll be times when I'm like, oh, you look familiar. And they're like, I've never met you a day in my life. And I'm like, well, fuck me. <laughs> you know, like, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Then. I have this <laughs> insanely like weird. It's not even, it's not quite like an eidetic memory, but I can see somebody one time at like a random event mm-hmm. and then like run into them four years later and be like, I saw you at this event. Like I, but like, I'm not, I'm not great with names, but like yeah. I'm really good with like faces where like Jacob thinks everybody looks the same. Everyone just like blends in. It's like, like he's... two eyes, nose. Okay. Yeah. 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 Like, I, like yeah. they got, they got facial features. I think I've seen them before. Yeah. I've unless it's before. like got eyes it, and a mouth. He has like this weird short term memory thing. So like, unless he like knows you, like he, it's like you could talk to him, meet him once. And then like a year from now, if you came back, he'd be like, I don't know you. I've never met you, Dama. <laughs> I mean, it's like, like it's I'm... not. I always feel bad about it too because it's not like I'm intentionally trying to forget people. Like I'm not out there like trying to like be like, <laughs> no, I actually don't know who you are, and I'm gonna leave now. But I just I can't remember things very well. So I mean, I I'm like know. somewhere in the middle with it. Like sometimes I'll remember people distinctly, and it could be forever ago. And then other times I feel so bad because it's like you know I I hit a lot of the same cities you know sure. year after year, so I start to 
see familiar faces. And there'll be times like I was just in Chicago a couple of weeks ago, you know, somebody comes up and they're like, Hey, you know, like saying, Hey, like they met you before. Yeah. And I've just got to kind of like work my way through it and see if I can figure <laughs> oh it out. God. And then eventually again, I'm just very brutally honest. I'm just like, Hey, I don't remember meeting, but remind me of the situation. And usually I can remember the situation if they're like, Oh, well I had, my kid brother with me and he came over and knocked that thing over, you know, then I'll be like, Oh, okay. I remember that. Yeah. I remember, you he, know, but if you owe me money, face, <laughs> <laughs> if it's just a face, a lot of times I'll just be like deer in the headlights, you know, <laughs> straight up. Like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, 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 gotta do the stalling tactic head. where it's like, Hey man, how are you? Like the real, yeah. like general, like vagueness <laughs> of like trying to carry that conversation on. But then like, there's a balance because if you let it go too far and you've, you're like 10, 15 minutes into yeah, conversation. Yeah. It's like, like, if you just keep digging your hole, it's like, eventually <laughs> you're going to get to a point where the lie is obvious. And it's just like, at that point, I'm like, if I don't lie from the beginning, at least then I don't have to like backpedal, you know? Cause I feel like it's so much worse if I you pretend. Just dig in deeper. That's what I always <laughs> like to do. Just dig in as deep as you can. Be like, as soon as I like 15 minutes in, you can't remember what they like. You don't remember who I am. Like, no, I remember exactly who you are. Yeah. You no. dig in so deep that you make them start doubting themselves. <laughs> yeah. Actually, do you know who you are? Have you thought about that lately? Like who, what your name really is? You know, who am I? Who are you? Yeah. So take us back a little bit and tell us what, like, give us, give us the, the brief history up to this point of your life <laughs> if you want <laughs> to yeah. so like yeah from like conception to now like how has everything been in your life you know first of all how do you so, say your last name oh god yeah that's i, I if you're okay if you're okay with like letting your name last name well i mean it's like, yeah, no, yeah i'm sure you'll plug your socials later so then that's part of it well i always joke with people because i've heard it pronounced once correctly in like four years Okay. Um, I always joke with people. I'm like, if I'm ever lucky enough to get like somewhat big in the industry, I'm just going to drop my last name. Cause I'm like, it's so hard for people to pronounce. I'm like, I'm just going to be that douchebag that just goes by his first name. No, but I th- I it's, it's unique it's though. Like, okay. So for anyone listening at home, it's P U C H K O R S or right. Yeah. So take your guesses right now. how you would pronounce it. And then I'll say the real thing. Puckers. <laughs> I get that one a lot. Mm. Get that uh, one a lot. Okay. Uh, uh, I don't, I don't know. Pucors. It's another one that I get a lot. Damn, I'm trying. Fun, to, yeah. I don't know. But I don't. I, if I you try to sound it out, earlier. if you try to sound it out, you know, phonetically, it's wrong every single time. Yeah, because it's basically missing a letter. Like the way that you pronounce it is Picaris, and there's no Holy I shit. in there. Yeah, Jeez, so never no in a million so like years, nobody will ever guess that. Picaris. Dean Picaris. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And oh, one I time I had nice. a guy say it right, and I was like, "How the fuck did you do? <laughs> this guy? Are you a time traveler? Have we met?" <laughs> He's before? like, "I'm dyslexic, so I probably added in letters." <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, what kind of name? Like, that sounds. That's aggressive. That. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. What kind of <laughs> name is that, bro? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's the like? Where's what's the origin of that name? Because it is um, like extremely. <laughs> I'm pretty like it's sure just it's, different. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's mainly um Polish Lithuanian. Okay. But yeah, so you know, very, very white European. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like yeah. Okay. <laughs> there's no doubt about uh there's no doubt about the uh the complexion behind yeah. it. Um, so, so you're in the Atlanta area, right? 
Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like, uh, you know how most big cities, it's like the big city, and then there's like little satellite cities yeah. all throughout, you know, the yeah. outskirts. So I'm in uh, Dallas, Georgia, which is like 35, 40 minutes outside of Atlanta proper. Um, and I hate telling people I'm from Dallas because they always assume Texas. Texas. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, no, it's, it's actually Georgia. I'm like, it's crazy. There's cities named the same thing. You know? You're from the good <laughs> Dallas is what it is. You're from the good one. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm a, I'm an Eagles fan. You can't really see it. So oh, I'm like, no. Oh, anytime people are like, oh no, Dallas, I'm like, you Cowboys, get away from me. <laughs> uh, we got a few. I have friends in Philly, so it's I fine. We got a few. Stigma of being an Eagles fan, and I'm like the most un Eagles Eagles fan I think you'll ever meet. Because like even I think my fan base is insufferable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, right. It's so bad. I'm okay. like every time we when we won the Super Bowl, I had to deal with people just being like, "Ugh, man, you know Philly fans," and I'm just like, "I know." I'm like, "I know they're flipping over cars and blowing okay." I was about to say right they're the now. one that tore up their city after winning the Super Bowl, right? Like they. But what's so funny them. is I yeah. I like had a, a I had a fierce Facebook war with people about this because I was like. I was like, okay, what's your favorite That's healthy. team? They would tell me. And then I looked it up and I'm like, oh, guess what? When you won the Super Bowl in 2001, you literally burned your university to the ground. So shut up. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like I had New England Patriots fans coming at me and I was like, oh, the last time you guys won the Super Bowl, which you should have been used to at that point. Um, you still burned your university. <laughs> yeah, if like you're a new, if yeah, if you're the New England Patriots and you're burning the town to the ground every time you win a Super Bowl, it's yeah, like, I don't know. Like, that's 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 that just seems excessive celebration. That's more yeah. of like a psychological issue at that point, I would think. Like that's not yeah. excited about winning. I'm like, <laughs> when you just gotta be finding an excuse for violence. So you know? I have I have a bit of PTSD when you talk about the Eagles winning Super Bowl because okay. um that year my team should have been playing the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm a Jaguars fan. Oh, dude, I I have no beef with the Jaguars. I always <laughs> just like the I'm Jaguars so sorry. on the AFC. Side. No, I uh, I went to the uh, I went to Foxborough. I was at the AFC Championship oh, game. Yeah, dude, it was Dang. brutal. It was brutal. I like, wanted them to win so bad because I was like, at least if they won and went to the Super Bowl, I still would have been heartbroken if the Eagles didn't win. But I wouldn't have been mad if the Jaguars won. You know, right. like. But then when the Patriots won, I was like, oh my god, I swear to God, if we lose, right, Patriots again. I have this <laughs> I have this weird thing with sports where like I I <laughs> I hate all of my friends teams like because <laughs> but that's not but like I don't hate my friends. I don't want my friends teams to be successful, right? <laughs> so like I want you to also be bad with me because as a literally a lifelong Jaguars fan, it's been really rough for, for mm. like the majority of my life. Yeah. So like it's weird. They were good as an expansion team. Oh my god, they were so, so weird. good. So you know, good. like that doesn't happen very often. You know, normally you get the you get the bad leftovers mm -hmm. from every other went team. To the, like, went to the AFC Championship game in their second year in existence. It was That's like crazy. insane because I grew up in Northern Virginia, so like it was Washington Ugh. Redskins and Dallas in the nineties. But like Ugh. the the Ravens weren't there yet, and the Colts had yeah. already left. So you know, Baltimore's an hour away, hour and a half. And like I literally started watching football when the Jaguars and the Panthers were teams. So like mm. the first game I remember watching was the hall of fame game. And I was like, I'm going to pick this team because like my dad tried so hard. My dad's a Cowboys fan. I hate the Cowboys. Oh, no. I hate the Cowboys. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> and he tried so hard and like would buy me gifts like for Christmas, like Cowboy shit, <laughs> Troy Aikman Jersey. Like I don't fucking want this dude. You know what I mean? And so like, I just picked this team and like, hell yeah. But then like once 2000 hit, 
that we went to the playoffs from like twice in my entire adult life. They've only had two good seasons. So it's just like, yeah. you know, and so yeah. it should have been the Jaguars and the Eagles in the Super Bowl. And I had every intentions yeah. of going to Minnesota. To the oh, dang. I was just like, if awesome. if they make it, I'm going. And then it's just like, you know, but it's funny you mentioned that. We'll get back to you here in a minute, but it's funny you mentioned that because um <clears throat> I'm sure you have your thoughts on AI art, but we're gonna talk. Oh, man, <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh but so Amazon has Thursday night football and they're implementing yeah. all these features this year. I don't know if you saw it, where uh-huh. like they're gonna it's like they're they have this like AI program where like they'll be able to tell you uh like sort of what the plays it's it's really not that different than like what the announcers do anyways but yeah. like because like you know you watch tony romo and he's just like kind of a dick he's like well they're gonna run a, a halfback yeah. toss here and then like <laughs> it was like a computer it was like fine for like the first drive but then like when you get like eight games of that it's like shut up like yeah. no one cares about you you suck like you couldn't win a super bowl and so <laughs> <laughs> well yeah it's kind of like if you were watching a movie with somebody and they were like yeah so he's about to stab that guy just yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like okay. so he nailed it on the head. That's great. That was a great <laughs> Yeah. And so like I Jacob looked into it more than me. Like, I don't really care one way or the other because yeah. I'm like I don't I don't I'll watch a lot of games on mute because like I can't stand biased commentary. Like it's all my team and also like when your team was the dregs for the longest time, like you don't want to hear people shit on your teams because like you're all constantly defending that and it's just like yeah. no one can and make fun of my team except for me. Man. Yeah, and sometimes these announcers just get so carried away with like like during last year's super bowl i was like if i have to hear about how incredible patrick Mons oh is, i'm gonna vomit i'm like i get it we all get it like Dude, you don't yeah. have to keep saying yeah. like how does he do this stuff? we played like, we played them in the second round and like you might it might as well have just been the kansas city broadcast because like yeah it was nothing. It was is like that the game where he got injured and then he came back yeah. in. Was that the same game? Yeah. Oh yeah. So that's all they talked about. Yeah. Was like how oh, miraculous yeah. he really. I mean, oh my god, he's up there with like Martin Luther King Jr. I mean, we really uh, should yeah. just yeah. <laughs> and like, what sucks though is like a statue. Yeah. What sucks though is like like Mahomes is good and like I have no real oh, ill yeah, will absolutely. towards Mahomes, but like no. every all that shit makes me hate him. Yeah. I also yeah. hate Peyton Manning, like with every fiber of my being, <laughs> for multiple reasons. One of them being because he was in my division for so long. But this is like same yeah. shit. Also, he so went to funny. school here, so it's just like that's a whole another thing too. It's so funny you meet Peyton Manning, and he's just like the nicest dude. And you're like, you're like, God, I hate you even more now because like you're super nice, and I hate it. So I wouldn't. This person, I would like not go. I would like go out of my way to avoid talking to him that's how much i don't like peyton manning holy crap i don't <laughs> like dude i hate though you got to understand like when he dominated the nfl like he's in my division yeah. so he's winning mm-hmm. that shit every year and yeah. everyone's a colts fan suddenly you know yeah. and then he goes to denver and now I couldn't find a colts fan to say yeah, where all the colts fans go like they don't they're even all gone i hate bandwagons <laughs> i hate him so much dude <laughs> and again yeah. that also goes back to like my team has been so bad and like mm-hmm. i've stuck with that like loyalty is a hell of a thing and it's well, so let me, I got a question for you. Okay. I like asking other fans that have been through pain, um, <laughs> you know, because up until we won the Super Bowl, I mean, Jesus, it was so would you prefer like what I had growing up where we were at NFC championship, NFC championship, NFC championship, constantly losing the NFC championship and not making it to the Super Bowl? Or would you have rather had what you had where it was like almost no playoff appearances, you know, just like absolute in the bottom of the bottom yours you know yeah yours. okay yeah because 
you start to lose hope after a while because it's like every year you're picking in the top five, top 10, and then all those picks are bad. So you're not getting any better. <laughs> and then like, you're yeah. like trying, it's like Stockholm syndrome where you're trying to convince yourself that like, Oh yeah, this is the year, man. This is the player. But then like, you know, seven, eight years in a row when you can, can't win five games in a, in a season, it's just like, you just start getting irrationally angry and it starts affecting your mood in ways that it shouldn't to where like <clears throat> 2017 happened. And like, I was in the mindset, like I went to the playoff game in Jacksonville cause it was their first home mm-hmm. playoff game since 99. I went to the wild card game where they beat Buffalo. It was the one of the worst games I ever saw in person, but it was like 10 to 10 to three was the final. Right. Yeah. I didn't go to the Pittsburgh game where we beat them, but then I was like, I'm okay. I'm going to new England. And I was just like, I'm riding this out. I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm riding it all the way. And then mm-hmm. because you did so well, you're thinking, Oh, the next year is great. All right. And we started off three and one, we finished the season five and 12. Yeah. And then we finished the next season. It was like six and six. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, three and whatever and then you go one and 15 and then you get trevor and then you make the mistake of hiring the worst coach in nfl history which is Urban Meyer, and it just like it kept losing is one thing it's how they lost and how they were just not able to like ever make progress yeah you never felt competitive because on the flip side of that i'm a capitals fan so like Mm. there was always that it's a totally different mindset too where like okay so the capitals are the best team in in hockey for years they, mm-hmm. with the greatest goal scorer in the history of the NHL, and they can't, they could not get past the second round, no matter what they did. And yeah. then it's like that's fun, but then in that in the same vein as you, where like you go to the NFC Championship, you go to the NFC Championship, and you just can't get over that hump. Like you start to get yeah. frustrated because it's like, you know, like you, you expect on, more every yeah. year. And then so until- then the further that you get, because that's what happened with with me was it was like the further that we would get, I'd be like, I, I would go into the game and I'd be like, we're not winning. You know, like I wouldn't even yeah, get my yeah. hopes up. Like it would just get to the like mm-hmm. even the year that they went against New England, I was like every game in that playoff run. The minute that Carson Wentz went down, I was like the season's over. I was like, we're yeah. fine. I was like, it's over. Like you know, because he he was going to be MVP that year. You know, and I was just like, how the hell are we going to make it the rest of the season with a backup? I love I love Nick Foles. I liked him the first time around when he was in. That Philly, makes one of us, but. <laughs> yeah, I forgot the I I'm like, the Jaguars for a while. I, mean. I feel like he could have done so much better on the Colts if they actually like did anything for him. I feel like the the Colts and the Jaguars, I feel like both didn't really put him in a good position. Sure. Because they were know? bad teams. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's like that's what I think uh, you know, a lot of these quarterbacks make that mistake of like, you know, they have a good year and so they sign with a team that's like got money. But they don't have a team. I'm like, yeah, you won the Super Bowl because the Eagles had a stacked roster. Sure. And you actually had people to throw to and an offensive line that could protect you. And it's like you go to the Jaguars where, you know, the year before it was like yeah. Blake Bortles. Yep. You know? that, dude, <laughs> like, like absolutely. It's 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 absolutely insane. So like yeah. but like this whole thing is where, you know, so the Amazon oh, yeah. is oh, yeah. no like oh, dude, yeah. I can yeah, talk so, I can talk sports original. all day because yeah. it, it starts next week. So I'm like, I'm super hot. Um <laughs> I'm actually I'm going to be in it. In your area, I'm going to be in Atlanta next week, but not not for a game. Um, oh, okay, I'm going for a concert, but like basically, it's it's more of like what the commentators do. But I guess like the mm-hmm. program, Jacob, is that right? Like it's so it's like yeah. So essentially, only on Amazon's Thursday night stuff, right? I don't think if it, I don't know if it's going to be like uh, an option that you opt in for or whatever. If it's like just one of those things where you tune into like Thursday night football and it's on the screen or whatever. But uh, from what I understand, it's like they've got 
in the works. They have like 20 different features, uh, like five or six of them were like defensive alerts that are going to show kind of like the AI has been trained to like pick up the blitz essentially. Oh. <laughs> it's like they're going to be able to identify players that, that are about to blitz um, and uh, kind of huh. highlight them. They do prime targets, which is going to be literally like other, the same thing that's on like Monday Night yeah, Football and Sunday Night it's, Football. It's, it's just, I guess, the, it's an AI program doing it instead of some some yeah, dude with a video be, board. Yeah, you know. and it's going to be more of a. It's going to be more of like as the plays are going on. Like in a lot of the football that I've seen, it's always been like the the they had the third down line or whatever it is, or like yeah. the the, mm-hmm. the first yard line or whatever, and like and then it disappears as the plays start. Like it's going to be more of a an on hands approach where like it's more of an overlay. <laughs> It's basically going to turn your viewing experience into like a video game almost where it's like uh, okay. you can perceive it like you're watching them play it live like on a video game essentially. But hmm. uh, a lot of the features, there's going to be one for like uh, third down percentages. So basically like how many yards they need to get for the coach to basically uh, consider a fourth yard attempt um, and just kind of uh-huh. break down. But it's they've, they've essentially trained AI to like do all these different things and like kind of come up with a more in-depth look at like what goes in beh- goes on behind the scenes as far as like why didn't the coach go for the fourth down here he was only inches away etc like why did he decide to punt it and all that other stuff but i just thought it was cool because people like me who have a short attention span it's mm-hmm. gonna be like really cool to see things on screen and be like oh yeah i feel like i'm in the game now like i understand what's going on uh whereas like I, it's a very like a gen z kind of thing where like you have to have something in front of your face so so you can like pay attention See, I to it to say, I feel like such an old man because i'm like that sounds too busy yeah, yeah that's, that's like, right. i just want the I game i had that thought yeah i yeah. had that thought where i was like there's gonna be so much on the screen at once and it's gonna be like so yeah. overwhelming it's gonna first, be like but... watching those nickelodeon games that they do where they got yeah. the slime dripping all over the place the they're yeah. gonna show the super <laughs> nickelodeon's gonna show the super bowl this year oh wow i didn't that's crazy like a separate broadcast not like not yeah. the only channel <laughs> that would be like, hilarious it's that like yeah it's, yeah nickelodeon has exclusive rights to super Bowl. where she's just getting cgi slimed the whole time I, yeah that's like so i mean funny. it's I, i'm very much i'm like you like if i could just watch it with no announcers but like <clears throat> one of the things i love about hockey is you get you get each team's broadcast unless if it's not a yeah. national if it's not a national game that's mm-hmm. like on espn or if it's not like you know yeah. abc or whatever you you can choose which broadcast you want to watch and it's so i watch better. a lot of basketball so it's the same with that too yeah and like, i wish the nfl would do that so bad because yeah. like give me just I, give me just a cam feed and a microphone feed from on ice that's all i need you know what i'm saying like just give me the i want to hear the players cursing at each other and everything <laughs> like that you know like i want to hear the fist land and stuff like that just give me just that and like the, the camera on the ice and i'm good you know? dude i was so excited when vr first started coming out there was all this talk about you know like Oh, you get uh, you know, uh, rinkside seats in the VR headset, so it's like you're literally front row or you're behind the goalie, you know. And they had all this. That'd cool be sick shit. as hell, honestly. Yeah, some of it. I'm like, what are we? Why aren't we doing like? I'm like, I'd pay ten bucks to watch a, you know, a sporting event in VR from like a great angle like that. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. Damn. You'd like, have to have like I think you'd have to have like a, a like a wide camera array. I would assume because you'd have to like take it into account like people turning their heads and shit like that so you'd have to have like a wide camera array well that's um, what was so cool they actually did it in the nba and i tried it on the playstation vr and oh, yeah, it yeah, was yeah. awesome they had a vr camera so it That'd was literally so capturing dude. 360 yeah. degrees the whole game and so you're just sitting under the basket so every time somebody like dunks it's just like you're underneath oh, the i can basket. feel their like, sweat what? on my face yeah. right now like <laughs> yeah. well, it's so it's sick like, that, that would be really cool old spot like so well yeah. Are you like, like a, a, <laughs> who's your basketball like team? Chat room. 
sorry. <laughs> Who's your basketball team? Uh, Minnesota. Really? So, l- lots of pain. Yeah. Like my teams are all over the place because I grew up in Same. Arizona. Um, and in Arizona, like when I was a kid, like we didn't, ha- you know, the Cardinals sucked, yeah. you know, forever. And they didn't even really feel like an Arizona team at the time because they hadn't been there for that long necessarily, you know, because they what were they in L.A. for a long time? The Cardinals, they were originally in like L.A. Hey, or Lewis, right? Lewis or something. Yeah. yeah, something like that. And so it's like when I was a kid, they just never really felt like my team, you know. Sure. And then my dad's a huge Cowboys fan. Ugh. So I used to love when he would get pissed off when they were losing. And when they would lose, a lot of times it was to the Eagles in the yeah, 90s. That's when they were in, the, in that division, yeah. Yeah, and so I just remember just being attached to the Eagles because I thought it was hilarious how mad my dad would get. And so that's kind of like what started me as an Eagles fan. But then with basketball, Kevin Garnett was my yeah, favorite. Kevin Garnett. So he was pretty much like what got me stuck to the to the Timberwolves. And then I've just been unfortunately uh, addicted to them ever since. And man. I was like uh, anything uh, before the Eagles won their Super Bowl. I was like, at least, at least the Eagles like had some success. I'm like Minnesota. It was just like, especially once Garnett left, it was just like my God. Like, yeah, <clears throat> it was 14 years I think without making the playoffs. I'm pretty sure was yeah, the record. Then you got then you got the big cat, Carlin yeah. Towns. I am yeah, I'm, the, I'm the a huge Kentucky basketball guy. Nice. So. I, I don't have an NBA team because <laughs> we put we put so many in the NBA, so it's kind of hard to like you yeah know, you know I hate the Boston Celtics and uh, so you know that's about the only team that I actively like root against. I also don't like the Boston Bruins either, but that's because Jacob They're the likes best uh, team in the NHL. So it's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever. Yeah, it's weird. Every one of my teams is from a different city. Same. Like, <laughs> yeah, none Dude, of my and teams. people get real shitty. Like again, Capitals, my Especially hockey team. Here, yeah, yeah. People get yeah. real shitty. They're like, oh, because like when I go to games, they'll be like, oh, or, or so you're from this such. And it's like, no. They're like, oh, well, shouldn't you be a fan of? Like, no. Dude, isn't you... it funny how people get like that? Like they get very like, <laughs> oh, you're not from there. How can you be a fan of the team? And I'm just like, why do I have to be from there to? You know, be a fan of the team. I'm so like, if you grow up in Iowa, kid, you don't get a team. Yeah, yeah, that too. And I'm like, when I was a little kid, I was dumb. I was like, oh, that team's green. That's my favorite color. Cool. You yep. know, like I wasn't thinking yeah, about like, yeah. oh, hometown loyalty. <laughs> you know, but I, I, like, I love it. Though. Like, yeah. I love that you picked your teams at a young age and then you stuck with them because that's what I did. I've loved the same three teams my entire life. And that's the thing too is I feel like fans like us. I'm like I know fans that are from these places that are way less fucking loyal <laughs> than yeah. I've ever you know than <laughs> I I've been. I feel like you could say that about our, our football team here, the the college football team. Uh, like, I don't even want to talk about it. I hate I hate those people. I hate those people. people like people with a passion for them until they start winning. So, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> let's go back. Let's go back. Let's take it but back. Anyways, yeah, I think it's gonna be cool. I don't know. Uh, I was I taking it back cool... further. Let's go further oh, back. Okay, I yeah, want to talk about. I want to talk to Deegan about Deegan. I want to hear about. I want to hear about his upbringing, his existence, how he found out, first and (laughs) foremost, like, what's it like being good at something, like, really good at something, like, having this skill (laughs) and being able to fucking make money off of a skill. Dude, that question is hilarious because that (laughs) implies that I think that I'm good. (laughs) That's a typical artist, though, right? That artist and a writer. It's just like, yeah. I know very few fellow artists that aren't self-deprecating in at least some way, shape, or form. Sure. I'm just like on a level that's probably unhealthy at this point. <laughs> like it, it's really bad. You know, like everything that I do, I'm like, that could have been way better. God damn it. 
You know, I'm I, like, yeah. I have imposter syndrome constantly. I'm like, someday somebody's going to figure me out. Like, they're going to figure <laughs> out I have no idea what I'm doing. And I'm it was just AI not going to art the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've not reached that point yet because I don't have my comic book in hand. It's not done. But I know as soon as it's done, mm-hmm. I know like when it's printed and I have it in my hand, I'm going to break down and cry because it's like this thing that I've achieved and have worked yeah. so hard to get to. Dude, especially doing your own book like that. Like, yeah. that's a that's a lot of legwork. Like most Indeed. people that aren't in the industry have no idea like what goes into to doing that. I I knew but then like now that I'm like knee deep in it, I'm just like, how do people get books out in like three months? Dude, right? Like, <laughs> like I'm, yeah. I don't and understand. that's why when fans get all bitter and they're like, God, I can't believe that book got delayed a month. It's like, why can't he why can't the artist hit his deadline every month? It's like, dude, he's drawn like 30 pages in less than 30 days. You know, yeah. it's just like day and night, you know, like it's a lot. Like I well, it's why I haven't done interiors in like eight or nine years, you know, like because especially once I started doing this for, you know, a living, I was like, well, sadly, a lot of, um, you know, since I haven't worked directly with any publishers yet, I depend on a lot of my work from indie creators and stuff. And unfortunately, a lot of indie creators are broke, you know, so they can't afford you know, a lot of artists from the States. So they end up outsourcing to, you know, places that have really low cost of living, you know? So there's this guy in like Indonesia that's charging like $15 a page. And I'm like, I can't compete with that. I'm like, just to pay my bills, I need to make a hundred dollars a page, you know? And so it's like, uh, you know, a lot of times creators will be like, Hey, I love your stuff. I want you to, you know, to do the interiors for something I'm working on. And they're like, what's your rate? And I tell them and they just like disappear like Homer Simpson into the bush, you nice, know? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, that's what I was expecting. I think when I, that's when I, that's when when I was, I'll be back. I'll be back. Yeah. I'll, I'll be but like, I had asked you what yours mm-hmm. was and you told me and like, I was like, that seems fair. But I'm also like, when I, when I've, when I was searching around and stuff, I would tell people straight up. I'm like, I think you, that your, your price is absolutely fair, but I'm going to tell you that I can't afford that. Like, See, and, and that's what I wish more people would be like, you know, like yeah. I wish they would just be straight because I'm like, I get it. You know, like when I tell people my rate, I fully understand, you know, from the other side, you know, that that's a lot of money that adds up real fast, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's like I totally get it. But what I can't stand is when those creators like try to like talk me down because I'm like, listen, dude, you're trying to talk me down to a rate that some guy that, you know, barely can you know like his neighborhood has like no carpeting you know in the houses yeah. you know it's like you know these poor impoverished people which i mean you know i they deserve more honestly than what they're you know asking you know in a lot of these countries yeah. but mm-hmm. you know i'm like you can't expect me a guy that you know lives in you know atlanta georgia in america to charge 25 dollars a page i'm like at that point i'm like shit if i'm lucky i can get a page done in a day a day and a half if i'm lucky and i'm like that's a day's worth of work and you're wanting me to charge 25 dollars. you know i'm like what sense does that make i'm working for like almost 15 <laughs> hours you know divide 25 dollars into 15 yeah. hours it's like shit it's like a dollar and a half an hour or whatever yeah you know i'm like that's like you know not to <laughs> not to get myself canceled but it's like sweatshop you know dude I, dude yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you I, I think that like there's this weird i think we're getting out of it and i think that like in in 2023 it's a lot more especially people are people our age sort of understand not so much jacob because he doesn't get it but (laughs) like he like you know you know your worth you know your value 
And, but you, you honestly could probably charge more, but you also have to balance that too. It's like, okay, well, I've got to have something that's like an obtainable something, but I also have to be able to live. Yeah. And that's the, most, most that's people the are like, well, it's just comics, right? Like, <clears throat> cause like when I read my Kickstarter, like <clears throat> I don't know shit about shit. Like I know, like I've never done this. So like, I've learned so much by just doing this process, but like I broke it yeah. down and I asked the guy that's doing it, which is Hugo. I was like, what, what are you charging me per page? And he told me, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, well I can do like some of this out of pockets, but like my Kickstarter is meant to do this. And like, yeah. then you run into this thing too, where it's like, okay, well like when's your book going to be done? And it's like, well, when he's done, like yeah, there was like a disconnect where like, yeah, some people understood it. People had done Kickstarters before, but like I've had questions where it's like, well, where's your book? And it's like, well, it's not done. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I only paid for four pages. Everything that I got in yeah. the Kickstarter goes into paying him because again, art art is takes time. Good art takes even longer. And well, like, dude, you know what's so bad is it's it's all, you know, I'm gonna start sounding like the old guy yelling at the clouds, but I'm like, so much of it is just this like content churn that we live in you know where it's like all these streaming services and shit have just made people completely lose their goddamn minds you know like it makes them think that shit just is done you know it's like oh it's a quick process it's like no just because these multi-million dollar companies constantly have shit in the oven so that they can shoot it out at you every two weeks like that's not how it works for like normal people you know telling me that content saturation is a bad thing i don't like that kind of talk right here i need more content i need i need to be occupied 24 8 okay i'm not even sad i want an extra day just so i could be more occupied. so you're saying that ai is the future oh god dude no what i think you know what's funny is i think that a lot of these companies are starting to realize that more content isn't the answer quality content is the fucking answer i wish you know realize it sooner honestly because we need we need something we've been alex have been talking for it like talking and talking about it for the last like two three maybe months at this point mm-hmm. but just like the oversaturation of like content after content i mean like anime yeah. is one of those things but that jacob's a prime anime. example of he I mean, consumes yeah, I, it I am, all. I am, I am, I am at fault here. Yeah, because I do, <laughs> I do consume quite a bit. I haven't been as much because I've been obsessed with Baldur's Gate right now. But anyways, uh, it's just like anime, especially. I feel like it feel the like every week there's a new anime coming out that you have to check out. You know, and it's like it's why I don't even I don't even touch anime because I'm like I can't. So much. It's just, just too, so I'm much. like I'm sure there's a lot of cool shit out there, but I'm just like I can't handle another fandom. You know, I'm like, yeah. I have so much shit that I don't have time to consume just out of Marvel and DC and, uh, you know, um, horror because I'm a huge horror fan. You know, like, I'm like, Jesus, I feel like if you have more than three or four, like, main interests, it's like there's no way that you can Dude. watch or read everything that you want, you know? You're speaking my language. Like, my pull list, like, I, I wish I could read more, but, like, my pull list on my yeah. comics every week is, like, narrowed down to about four specific characters because it's like i can't i just can't and also like yeah. they're expensive yeah. and like you know that's yeah, sort of a whole dude, there's there's so many yeah. comics like mm-hmm. I, I don't i don't know how anybody would be able to like keep up with almost like everything going on in like the comic world and that's like i know that the big one is like marvel and dc etc but like there's even like you know the i don't know they're smaller but like the ones that are like adjacent to like marvel and i mean image alone is is i would say at this point at least for people who aren't you know layman's to layman to comics 
image is way bigger than Marvel and DC at this point, you know, at least quality wise, you know, like they're pumping out new titles constantly. And it's like such a high bar, you know, like there's very yeah. rarely an image comic book that's not good where it's like Marvel and DC for a few years now have been fledgling, you know, pretty bad with, you know, as far as like the stories being good. Image uh, has the the benefit though, to where, <clears throat> cause like Marvel and DC operate on the beginning and the middle. There's no mm-hmm. money in the end. Right. Where yeah. Image can put out a five issue series and that's it. Mm-hmm. And it's fucking yeah. great, right? Like yeah. one of the best things I've read in a long time was do a power bomb. Seven issues. It's fucking like and I want that's more really good things, about but it's that, yeah. fucking great. But it's yeah. like there's a consistency that's kept up from like start to finish with image that like unless it's like a limited series or like a five issue series, but even those five issues, like most of the time they don't hit like there's some there's still some really good stuff in dc and really good stuff in marvel right now but like Mm -hmm. it's because of the mcu like it's just like they're just throwing shit like every character is getting their own thing and not every character needs it but then like it's like well like what if your favorite character is moon knight well like the moon knight run that's going on right now is probably one of the best runs maybe in the history of the character like jed mckay's doing and and friend of the show by the way he's been on here a couple times but like that's awesome he's doing a great job with it but he's probably about to bounce off after 30 because he's Mm -hmm. on Avengers now. So like, well, yeah, that's the thing is like, that's what's killing me, especially with the big two is I'm like, can we keep some creative teams together for more than 20, 30 issues? I'm like, that's what, what's killing my joy with the big two comics a lot is it's like in, in, I feel like in comics, you can't truly get invested until you're at least 10 or 15 issues in. Yeah, I mean, you know, like if you build it from the ground up to be a five issue miniseries, then, yeah, you're going to get your story out, you know. But if you're if you're doing this long form storytelling, you know, that the big two do um, like one of my favorite runs ever is the Stegman Kate's Venom run. I mean, that run is so good, you know, like from start to finish. And, you know, a lot of people like to shit on Donnie Cates and stuff, but I'm like I, that as a Venom fan was the most satisfied I have been with a story arc in such a long time you know and it was one of the best comics you know running for marvel for a few years but then it's like okay then we hit you know 30 something and they both jump off we get al ewing and rom v who i was excited about because i love both of them you know like i thought they were going to kill it and then i just haven't connected with it you know like it's just not as good i would have loved to have continued to see what kates and stegman would have done after that initial you know chunk it's like when we keep getting like new creative teams every 5, 10, 15, 20 issues, it's like, I don't know. I'm like, at that point, why do we keep doing continuous storytelling? Why not just do mini series that are one-off stories? You know, just because, let little creative teams do bam, you know, nice five issues. Because they want to sell those fucking 25 different variants for issue one every three yeah. years. I mean, you could still get that, you know, if you were doing mini series stories instead, you know, like you could still get that issue one, you I, know, and then I kind of not not to con I, I agree with you, but to sort of contradict that I like Marvel's approach to where if they do switch a creative team, they do start over. Whereas like Batman, when it restarted in rebirth and you're going up to now where it's like where Chip's doing it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like you, the jumping point was 130. Mm-hmm. If you would just want to read Chip, because like I bounced off because I, I didn't like a lot of this rebirth stuff in general. But yeah. then like I would have rather them just start over and like after each new person because then like okay well then you had like i like bane but then there's like the whole city of bane thing and that's like 24 issues but like 
I yeah. was kind of out of it on that. And then like you come back around because like issue 50 was the marriage, you know, the wedding with Catwoman. And it's mm-hmm. like, OK, but then like I hadn't read anything from the last 10 issues. So then like I then I bounced off, all, you know, all together for a long time. And like DC stuff, I sort of go for like their their other stuff, like, you know, White Knight or Deceased or even um mm-hmm what's the new one uh dark knights of steel and like sort of like their elseworld stuff they've been killing it with mm-hmm. that where yeah. like their mainline stuff because like I'm, I'm in a weird spot like i love dc but like if the batman if i'm not reading current batman like i'm kind of mm-hmm. just tapped out on everything whereas growing up as a moon knight guy knowing that like he's not always going to be an a player or a b player or even a c player i can yeah. still read marvel and enjoy marvel as much as i can but now that like mm-hmm the thing about the Jed McKay run is like, okay, so like you get the sour taste out of your mouth from the show, but like you still have the comics that are really good. But like now that that's starting to wrap up and come to, an, to come to an end, it's like, mm-hmm. well, now what am I going to do? Right. Yeah. But, but is there, when did you know that like you had a talent or that you were like, okay, like I'm a pretty good artist. I know you think you're not, but like you are, <laughs> but like you obviously know, you knew you were good enough at some point that you're like, I could probably, I, I want to do this as a profession. Yeah, um, it was honestly pretty late because um, I started out like drawing when I was like three or four. It was when I started drawing and I was always growing up in school. I was always, you know, the the kid that could draw, you know, like oh, okay. that was always, kinda, nice. right. you know, the the thing. And so, you know, as I as I got older and older, I was always like, that's what I thought I was going to do from the beginning. I was like, I wrote book reports about how I was going to be a comic book artist, you know, like um, and stuff like that. But then. Once I hit high school, my high school had a really awesome music program where it wasn't like, you know, the corny stuff like marching band and, and things like that. Like yeah, we actually play the trumpet or the clarinet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we actually had a guitar class, you know, and oh, hell yeah. so I had to learn how to play guitar. And then we had like the advanced guitar class, which was where basically everybody in the class played an instrument, you know, really well. And we could basically cover songs in the class, you know, so like we would have a full drum kit you know, all the amplifiers and everything. And we could just all go up there and we'd be, you know, playing newfound glory, you know, and stuff like that Hell and yeah. at lunchtime, you know, and stuff like that. So once I got into music, my art kind of took like a big back seat, and I just started getting so into music, you know, playing guitar and, and singing and having a band that like that kind of took over my life. So I think if I hadn't found music, I think I might've started doing art professionally a lot sooner um but since i switched over to music so hardcore and started putting all my time and my effort into that it kind of like postponed you know getting into art for like a decade you know like i had a good 10 years when i was trying to pursue music and you know got we got really far we toured you know we were talking to record labels at one point but then you know that's the hard part about something like a band as opposed to being a solo artist is you you have a bunch of personalities a bunch of different people with different lives and you got to somehow keep it all together all the time and you know we got older and we all you know started you know getting significant others and stuff like this it's like you know we just kind of slowly started to drift apart as far as the band was so then once that you know kind of ended i was like well you know at least if i get back into my art the only person that i can blame if i don't get anywhere is me you know so i was like I'm going to jump as hardcore into that as possible. So I was working my full-time job and I was just trying to hone my art skills back up because it was one of those things where since I hadn't been doing it consistently for so long, I kind of felt like I atrophied, you know, a little bit. Yeah. 
And so it took me a couple of years just to kind of get back to a place where I thought that I was like solid again. Okay. Um, and then at, at one point it was kind of, it was one of those things where like, I didn't really have a set idea of when I was going to try to do this full time as my job. It was kind of just, you know, I was, uh, at, I was a store manager for GameStop for seven years. Uh, and, uh, by that point I was miserable, you know, I was just, I, I used, I I used to work at GameStop. I understand. Really? Oh, so yeah. you know the pain. Yeah. You yeah. Know, <laughs> you know the pain, but, uh, it's like a rite of passage like for people our pain. age. I feel like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, um, you know, there was, it, I I've said this a lot. Um, but you know, like I would just pull into my driveway and sit there for 10 minutes, you know, and just either cry or stare off into nothingness. And then I'd go into the house and I'd have no motivation to do art, you know, and I would just kind of vegetate and do it all over. And so finally it just got to the point where, um, you know, me and my wife at the time were like, I can't do this anymore. You know, like something's got to change either. I got to get another job or something. And, uh, you know, I'll always give her credit. Um, she was like, why don't you just, just go for it? You know, just do art. Cause I've been talking about how I'd listened to podcasts. I don't know if you've ever heard of, um, off off panel um the comic book podcast it's it's really good uh but he interviews you know big name artists and stuff a lot and i would listen to those interviews and what you know they would go through the like how did you get into the industry like what made you and so many of them were just like i just did it i quit you know my job and i just went for it it's so easy actually i just got up one day and i was like i'm gonna do art now (laughs) yeah yeah you know they're making six figures now after like two weeks. It's crazy. It's like, it's, it's like, it's like Charlie, I'm just going to go out and pluck a job off the job tree. Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it would just made it made it sound like I was like every single one of them was just like, you know, I just ha- finally just came to the point where I just had to take a leap of faith and I just jumped, Hell yeah. you know? And I was like, I kept hearing that over and over and over again. And so I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to jump, you know, cause worst comes to worst. I'm like, I have 14 years experience in retail. I can always go back to retail. I don't want to, you know, but yeah. I can always go back to that. You know, that's not exactly something that, you know, uh, has a limit, you know? So I just kind of jumped and started doing it full time and it was not going well <laughs> for the first, <laughs> the first two years, I would say it was pretty hard. I ended up having to go back to GameStop part-time and I was doing both uh, at the same time. And that was brutal. Nah, that's um, super deflating dude yeah <laughs> it's like it you gotta go crawling like, back god it was like less than a year into it too you know like i quit and i was all excited and i didn't i'm not a i don't burn bridges you know i'm like you never know who you're gonna need a favor from later or right. who you're gonna have to go back to so like uh, the situation was fine but i still felt you know my pride was was hit because i was just like i didn't have any like false illusions that i was gonna like become some big artist in a year but I was like, God, I, I didn't expect to have to go back to this like less than eight months after, you know, leaving. Yeah. Um, and so we just kind of like saved up some money again and I stayed longer than I wanted to. But I just want I was like, if I'm going to I want to have a nice little chunk put away so that I can just really like make a real go at this and not have to, um, you know, lose my momentum. Because that's the problem is it's like a lot of artists, they try to do the art and a job, a normal job. And the problem with that is, is it's like every time you get a little bit of momentum, well, then the real job kind of pulls you away. And so then you kind of lose that momentum. And in this industry, it's like there's somebody ready to replace me at any given minute, you know, in in the pecking order, you know. So it's like um, 
momentum is like your is everything. And so I was just like, if I can just keep doing this and not have to stop, you know, I really believe that I can get somewhere. And it's it's crazy. Like it was really bad the first two years. And then um the third year started picking up. And then last year was my fourth year. Um, it just I mean, I say exploded. I'm still broke as hell, but like it exploded in the sense that like instead of like not even making part-time job money like last year I made almost as much as I made the last year I was at GameStop and that to me was always like my end goal I was like right. if I could just make as much as I was making at my day job like I'll a be livable happy. wage yeah you know yeah. like where it's like every month is stressful as hell I don't know how I'm gonna make it but I make it you know it's like I don't even care if it's that you know like as yeah. long as more often than not, I could finagle my way into paying the bills every month. You know, like, that's fine. You know, I'm like, I'll deal with that the rest of my life if I have to. Because I'm just like, that stress is worth not being miserable every day when I wake not up. Have to go back to like, yeah, to, to like yeah. something that you don't want to do. Like, I absolutely get yeah, that. Like, yeah. there's, it's kind of a throwaway phrase where they're like, well, if you enjoy what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And it's like, so it's not true. It's no, not, it's not, not true at all. At all. It's still, if, still working my if ass you do off what you here. enjoy, if you truly get to do what you enjoy, what I have found by meeting other people that are, whether it's art or whatever it may be, if they're passionate about it, they work harder than anybody I fucking know. Yeah. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, I'm like, I have never worked this hard in my life. Like, I mean, I, I think I'm under the weather right now because I've been going just, I haven't, I don't remember the last time I took a day off. It's been months. And it's just like, you know, it's like, oh, Chicago for six days for a convention. Come back home. I was going to take the first day back home off, but I got some work from Chicago. So I'm like, well, I can't afford to take a day off. Keep going. You know, and now I'm like going to be in Baltimore for six days next week. Well, got to work all the way up to Baltimore and then I got to go to Baltimore. And then when I come back, I don't have time. My comic book is coming out, you know, so I got to promote that and do in-store signings. And then it's Memphis, you know, so. Good it's like Lord, I work. Yeah, it's so like it's so funny. I actually um I moved my mom from Arizona to uh, here in Georgia recently, and um and she lives with me now. And uh, the other day, uh, my car broke down right when I got back from Chicago. I go to to run some errands, and my check engine light comes on, and my car starts shaking. I'm like, cool. So my <laughs> mom's like driving. <laughs> Cars are supposed to do that. It's okay. Yeah, you know, like it's uh it's supposed to be like a you know like a maraca. Um. But so my mom starts driving me around all this stuff that I got to do, you know, for work. And we get home the second day of her having to do that. And she comes in and into the room and she goes, I knew that you worked hard. Like, I never doubted that you worked hard. She was like, but your life is a shit show. And I was like, <laughs> nice. I was like, thanks, mom. <laughs> I was like, but it I've never was worked like a, a day in my life because I love what I do. <laughs> exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah. But, um, you know, so it's, it's that sort of thing where it's like, I'll tell people about like how stressed I am or how wiped out I am. And they're like, Oh, well, you know, then, then why don't you, have you thought about just going back to, you know, your other job? Fuck and I'm those like, Oh God, no. I'm like, no, I'm like, you're, you're mistaking this. I'm not saying that I'm miserable. I'm happier than I've ever been. I just feel like I'm going to die every other day. You know, it's like, but, but there's a big difference. You know, like it's such a good line. Like, there's nah, it's a difference I, I between it. there's a difference between wanting to die and feeling like I'm going to die. Yeah, or you, you know, know, enjoying what you do so much that you're willing to die for it. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, like so, do you, I know that obviously practicing 
always helps sort of hone in a skill, but do you think mm-hmm. that you were born with the ability to draw? Yeah, I, I've actually been asked that before. And I, a lot of people don't agree with this, but I don't think, I think there are people that maybe are just like have a natural procl- proclivity to something. But I think for the most part, I'm like, I think the only reason that I'm as good as I am, quote unquote, is because I just never quit. You know what I mean? And I think that's Mm -hmm. what a lot of people do when they're kids is they'll find something as a kid that they love or that they really enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. And what we do as a kid is we either quit when it gets too hard or where we get frustrated, you know, and we feel like we can't get to that next level that we see in our head or we have it beaten out of us by people around us, you know, whether if you're not lucky enough to have supportive parents, if you're not lucky enough to have a school that, you know, uh, promotes whatever that thing is that you want to do, you know, like I really feel that so much of why people don't get a talent or keep a talent or get, you know, really good at something is just because I think nine times out of 10, we either have it beaten out of us or we get discouraged. So we quit. You know, and I really feel like most people, if they were in my position and they started drawing when they were three or four and they just kept doing it like I have, I really feel like they would be pretty good, you know, or or at least have what people, other people would consider a talent, you know, for it. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's really just like stubbornness more than anything. You better keep (laughs) drawing and you don't stop drawing. If you want to be good at this, this is the game. You gotta, you gotta be on that grind set. Like you wake yeah. up, you you sharpen your pencils, you get out there and you draw. I don't know. Do you prefer like yeah. pencils or, or charcoal or ink or, or markers? I don't Oof. know, like Crayola. I don't know. What do you, what do you like? <laughs> Crayola. <laughs> um, I uh, I'm a so it's funny. Like you know, since I'm 36, I'm the, I'm in that weird generation between like when I was growing up and learning art, there was no digital art. You know, so like I still learned and a lot of my like foundational art is traditional, but then digital art came around when I was like a teenager into my 20s. And so I was able to start kind of picking up some of that. So I'm like, I'm very comfortable doing either one, you know, so like I can do stuff fully digital and I can do stuff fully traditional. And I don't feel like there's a huge gap between the two, you know, like I feel like some people get so dependent on one or the other that when they switch mediums, you can see like a dip in, in quality. Um, and I think I'm lucky enough to where I was just in that perfect age range where I could kind of do learn both and kind of apply. Cause that's the thing is, you know, it, it really is like just a, a matter of tools, you know, like uh, so a pencil, you know, is a different tool than a pen and so on and so forth. And it's like digital drawing is just another tool. You know, I think there's yeah. this misconception that digital drawing somehow makes you a better I artist. To, I was about to ask if you were like going to be or, or, or not if you're going to be like I, I like are you one of the like on the in the camp of like oh well, digital art's not like technically art because like yes, you're, it just, is. you're just drawing on a oh I mean there's a there's a very elitist group and oh I, yes uh, there that, is yeah that like oh uh you're if you're not a purist to like oh you have to have those flakes of uh, of charcoal like rubbing off on the paper like to get yeah uh there's if I like can't see uh, the palm smudge of the pencil then yeah. it's not it's and yeah like i am definitely not one of those people like because again i'm like if you suck ass at drawing you getting on an ipad isn't going to make you better you know yeah. it's like if, if you know if somebody who sucks at drawing picks up a pencil they can't they can't put anything on the page and to me it's the same with digital like yeah digital make take what digital does is it takes out a lot of the busy work 
you know, so for, for professionals, it's wonderful because like, for example, you know, if I'm, if I'm laying out a page for a comic, you know, I'll draw it, you know, like a little tiny square and I'll just do a little sketch on the square just so I can lay it out. And then in my old way of doing things, I would scan that and then I blow it up and then I would get it on the 11 by 17 artboard and use a light box and start drawing over that initial sketch to get my final drawing. And, you know, so instead of doing all that shit now, I can get on my iPad, do my little thumbnail, and then I can just zoom in and start on the art, you know, so it's create a a layer, lower the opacity. You're like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's not necessarily that it's making anything easier or making you better at anything more efficient taking out. Yeah, exactly. And I think you you still have to know how to draw, right? Yeah, like you still have to be able to draw a circle and like, you know, shade it just the right way. It's not like, oh, you pick up because I mean, uh, there is definitely like uh, speaking of AI, like there is like a branch of uh, especially like in manga that I've noticed recently. I don't know like how big you are as far as manga goes, but there's like he just said he doesn't read it. I mean, the anime that's that was anime. This is same manga, thing. it's different. It's, it's two, same thing. It's two it's different same mediums, thing. completely different. Anyways, thing. uh, like in, in manga, there's uh, you can definitely tell when it happens, but like there's a big like webtoons has become a really big thing because, yeah, from what I understand, it's very easy to produce. Uh, like a manga series using webtoons because they have a lot yeah. of uh, assets that you can drop in and like you know do different things with and yeah so like, yeah uh, so I mean there is there is like that branch of digital media where AI definitely helps to fill in that situation where it's like you know you got mm-hmm. you just tell it what you want to do and it'll it'll basically do a bunch of stuff for you but yeah I mean like you're saying like I think that art especially like I I find myself being more comfortable drawing on the iPad just because I don't have to like have the charcoal pencils and everything like next to me or whatever. I don't. Yeah, have you don't to, have, have to bring this bucket yet. of shit with you everywhere you go just to be able to look like Bob Ross is walking. Art. Yeah, you know, like it's like you know, I pick up my iPad and I can take it with me anywhere, and I have my full tool set. You know, whereas you know, when I go to conventions, I still have to bring all of my markers and all of my pens because you know, a lot of the people that commission they want that tangible, you know, pen and ink and marker drawing. You know, so I still have to lug all that shit with me, um, you know, because I totally understand it. I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like if you are commissioning and spending hundreds of dollars on a piece of artwork, I get not wanting it to be a digital one that I print at FedEx office, you know, and, and hand it to you, you know, like this doesn't feel quite the same. But you go to, you I go think... to chat GPT, you're like, OK, give me what this guy wants. He wants <laughs> yeah, like a, yeah, he wants you like know, a unicorn <laughs> and like he wants Venom to be on the unicorn and he wants like Deadpool to be like in the unicorn's mouth. Can you do that? And it's like he just prints you out a piece, a, a piece of paper. So, <laughs> but yeah, so that's I where I think, you know, there's I still see such a even though I'm not a uh, I don't talk down about digital art at all. I think it's a perfectly valid tool that does not take away the fact that people can use that tool irresponsibly or cheese it. You know, like there are a lot of people, I mean, God, I run into them all the time, just going through Instagram and stuff where I'm like that you drew over Patrick Brown's Spider-Man, you know, like I can see, cause I, I just have a brain that sees poses and sees how different artists do anatomy. And I can spot shit like that. And I'll just every once in a while for funsies, I'll just throw it over in Photoshop or something. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you totally fucking trace that, you know, and I don't I don't say anything or call people out. But I'm just like, you know, that is the sad part is, is it's like artists, quote unquote, that do that shit are the ones that give digital art a bad name, because it's like then people who are laymen assume that, oh, well, that's what digital art is, is it makes it easier to, to cheat and to cut corners. And it's like, yeah. well, no, that's not what it's meant. It's like, yeah, people can use the tools improperly. 
but that doesn't mean that everybody is doing that. You know, it's like, like I I still stress to every young artist that I meet because I'm getting to the point where now where I'm having people ask me to do like portfolio reviews for them, which still blows my fucking mind. I'm like, I don't feel like I know what I'm doing. (laughs) I'm like, I don't feel like I should be telling anybody. But, um, you know, I always stress to them so much. They're like, what's like the biggest thing that you would recommend? And I'm just like, learn your foundational stuff, you know, like practice anatomy. I still, I literally watched a tutorial about anatomy like two days ago, you know, like just keep your, your composition stuff, your anatomy. Always learning. Yeah. Like you have to. I love anatomy YouTube videos. They're sick. Yeah. Yeah. Art videos are pretty sick. It blows my mind too. Cause it's like, there's always something new to pick up, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, especially with something as complex as anatomy, it's like, you can never have too much of that foundation. And it's like, I just feel like so many young artists kind of use digital art as a crutch where they don't have to have a lot of that foundation because they can cut some corners or they can, Oh, you know, I'll just throw in this, this picture of a, a figure skater and I'll just draw over that figure skate, you know, and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's all well and good to use reference and stuff. But I think the problem is, is like, cause I do that. I use reference all the time. I literally have, um, what is it? Oh, I literally have a giant book that's just nothing but poses, you know, yeah. like it was literally, I think it's called masters of anatomy. Uh, and it was literally made by comic book artists for comic book artists. And it's just to give you like pose inspiration. So it's just hundreds of pages of just different poses and action scenes and stuff. And it's like, reference is all well and good but it's like a lot of people are getting to the point where they're just i'm like there's a difference between referencing something and just flat out doing that thing you know like again you know like from like line by line you know and it's like um the thing is is a lot of professional artists can use pose reference and stuff like that in a more responsible way because they have the foundation. So a lot of times for guys who are doing it professionally, it's not that we don't know how to do it from scratch. It's that we don't have the fucking time all the time to do it from scratch, you know? So it's like, you've got to find ways to, you know, it's like, I'm lucky enough where I'm going to be doing my first interior uh, comic for the first time in like a decade uh, starting in November. And we're going to have a Kickstarter for it and everything. It's going to be a, you know, a creator owned book. Uh, and so I'm doing the interiors, I'm doing the cover, but I'm like, you know, you bet your ass I'm going to have, you know, my little, my little tricks and stuff that are going to help me, you know, get that thing done in a reasonable amount of time. You know, like I can't, I can't be going into each one of those pages doing every single little thing from scratch. I'm probably going to be using the morph tool, you know, and like, uh, you know, oh, instead of redrawing that whole arm, I'm going to go in there with the lasso and just, you, you know, copy and paste it, you baby. know, screw yeah. it, and, you know, like mess with it and stuff. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I think um, and that's what makes me mad about AI. You know, if if the biggest thing that I have with it is it's like AI is not capable of creating something without having stuff to learn from. And that's where my problem comes in if AI was able to just create a piece of artwork without any, you know, other artists work being fed into it, I might feel differently about it. But the fact that the only way for it to produce an image is to literally microscopically cut and grab things from other artworks, you know, like, so basically if no artist existed on the planet, AI art would not exist, you know, because yeah, there's nothing. It's, like, it's all, it's all referencing, uh, 
you know, it's, it's studies and analyzes and references every, every, like all of its arts, not technically speaking, uh, original because they're, they're pulling pieces from wherever they can. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, so yeah, that's I mean like that's, that's... That I have with it is, and you know, the corporations, <sighs> I mean, capitalism fucking sucks. And so the sad reality what? of capitalism is all these companies, if they can afford not to pay someone to do something, they're going to take that opportunity. What are you talking about? They would never do that. It's uh, America. <laughs> is only about, uh, putting people forward and, yeah. uh, and, and not the bottom dollar. And it's not about cutting. Costs. Well, before we get too far into that, uh, <laughs> cause that, that's like a, that's an every episode sort of complaint. Fair, yeah. What have, what have you worked on? What are you working on that you can talk about? And then what is your dream thing to work on? That's, oh, that's man. not creator owned. How about that? Yeah. So, um, shameless plug uh september 13th creep um, show my cover for creep show number one volume two comes out Hell yeah that's a sick um, ass cover team thanks dude i know i wish it wasn't backwards i always hate how the camera like i'm like wish i could just i should have printed it backwards since i knew i was going to be on podcasts and stuff um okay but uh yeah so that's the thing that i currently worked on i'm really excited about that because i'm a huge horror fan so i've loved the creep show movies for years um and so getting to do that was super cool because i'm just like I, whenever i get to do something for a property that i really dig just as a fan it's always so yeah. much more fun you know because is there like, an added pressure there i i feel like there is i know a lot of other fellow artists like you know again i'm not gonna i, I never name names because i don't sure. like sure. i don't like causing drama and stuff like that but like you know there there have been creep show covers in the past for example where I'm just like, did you even look at the reference material? You know, like, cause these companies send, you know, like a folder and they're like, oh, the creeper, you know, the, 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 basically the, the crypt keeper of creep show, you know, it's like, this is what he's supposed to look like. Here is the character reference. Here is the IP, you know, this is what he's supposed to look like. And there's certain times I see people draw it and I'm just like, that's not, icon you know, it's iconic. This is a character that, you know, it's like, like Eddie I from Iron Maiden. Yeah, dude. I'm like, if you're going to draw Eddie from Iron Maiden, like it better look like fucking Eddie from Iron Maiden, you know, right. like, I, you know, I get that we're artists and we want to like put our stamp on it. But I'm like, I'm very much a stickler. Like, that's for, Dr. Like, Manhattan from, from, <laughs> from the Watchmen. What are you drawing? It's not even the same person. You know, I'm just like really big on, I think it's because like. It's the purest lot, in you. Dude, it really is. Like, I understand. Like, it's fan, okay, man. I've you been a be, fan just as long as I've been an artist, you know, so I'm like. I'm, dude, I'm right there with you. I think in I my head all the shame time, in it, you know, yeah, I don't think I don't. And that's the thing is, I think so many artists get this idea in their head that it is something to be ashamed of. It's like, oh, no, I'm a, I'm an artist now. Like, I need to prioritize the art. And I'm this just like artistic rendition of it. This is my yeah, I'm like, yeah, well, that I'm taking here. Yeah, I'm, I'm allowed. I'm like, I'm like, fuck that, dude. It's IP. You know, I'm like, we're not <laughs> I'm not I'm not fucking painting, you know, the uh, you know, it's not like the statue of David or you know, right, it's like, yeah. you know, I'm like, it's a it's a horror comic <laughs> like let's right. not be so precious about it like as far as you know um being artistic you know i'm like i totally don't mind being a commercial artist you know like if i only drew other people's ip the rest of my life i'd be totally fine you know whereas a lot of comic book artists they're like oh no i want to do my own thing and i want to you know like release a million of my own comics and i'm like don't get me wrong i have my own ideas and i want to do that stuff but if i never got the chance to i'm like the little kid nerd in me that's like watching creep show on TNT, you know, uh, yeah. uh, 
you know, at six years old is like, oh my God, I get to draw the creep from creep show. That's fucking cool. You yeah. know, so, um, but yes, I'm very much a stickler for accuracy and stuff like that. You know, like, um, God, my, my first cover that I ever got published was a cover for Supermassive, which is, you know, the, the massive verse for Image Comics with Radiant Black and yeah. uh, Rogue Sun and stuff like that. And I was a huge fan of that book from the minute it started, you know, because issue one made me cry. I related to it so much. You know, it was like I was like, this is written by somebody who gets us. You know what I mean? Like, have you ever read Radiant Black? I've not read it. It's on my list, but I've not read it as a writer. Like, I don't I think it would hit you even harder. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, because like it just like it, it just immediately starts with this guy who moves to L.A. to be a writer and he's Ubering. You know, and he's talking on his break to his credit card company because he's so in debt that he can't pay his bills and he's oh, trying God. to get an extension yeah. and they won't help him. And he's like bursting into tears because he's just like, I don't know what to do at this point. And somebody gets in the car, you know, for their ride. And they're like, are you crying? And he's like, no, where do you need to go? You know, and it's just like it's <laughs> really spicy it's... food, actually. So I <laughs> you know, so hot like... cheese, man. <laughs> But so that book just hit me really hard and I loved it. So then when I got to do a cover for Supermassive and they sent me the reference material folder, I'm like studying that shit, man. Because in my head, I'm like, there are going to be people out there who are even bigger fans of this than me. And they're going to be the ones that are going to be like, yeah, no, the shape of the helmet is all wrong. The you know, the earpieces yeah. are supposed to, you know, and I'm like, I don't want to be the guy that's getting picked apart by the true fans, you know, <laughs> and they're like, you know, he phoned it in or he doesn't. Because you can tell a lot of times, you know, like when somebody just doesn't really know or doesn't really care about the source material, you know, like a lot of times you can you can see that they didn't really put that, you know, that that care into it. And I just Disney. I don't like <coughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. No, Disney. Fine, man. Wait, what? Who said that? <laughs> <laughs> um. So this this book that you're working on. Yeah. Can you yeah, talk no, about I'm it? excited. We can actually talk about it now because okay. uh, we were. We were kind of like, um, there's basically a, a writer by the name of Scott Fogg. Um, and uh, he's done a lot of uh, pretty successful Kickstarter, you know, comics. Like um, he has one called Night Care, which is really cool. I did a variant cover for it. It's about basically, oh, it's too far away. I'd have to get up. Um, <laughs> I was going to grab it, but I'm like, it's like five feet away. I don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's basically about uh, like a daycare for superhero kids. Uh, you know, so oh, when they're going so cool. out superhero, right. they take their kids to the superhero daycare. Um, and so after we worked on that cover together, he just kind of like hit me up and he was like, I love your stuff, man. I really want to do something with you. And, uh, you know, at that point, I had just been over the last few years, I've just been so desensitized to people being like, I can't afford you. And then, you know, leaving that I'm just like, yeah, you say that. But once I tell you my rate, you know, you're not going to be able to you're not going to want to do it. And I'm like, you know, so I'm just like. I kept putting it off, putting it off. And he just kept asking me, he's like, I want to work with you, man. I really want to work with you. And so finally um, at Heroes Con in Charlotte a few months ago, he was at the convention and he came and sat at my table and he was like, what's it going to take for me to get you to, to do something with me? And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll like, here's my rate. Uh, here's my concerns. Here's, you know, uh, the reason that my rate is what it is. Cause you know, basically I'm like, if I'm going to take 35 to 40 days to draw a, a comic, I'm like, I can't do anything else. Like it's gotta yeah. just be that book. You know, I'm not 
going to have the time or the bandwidth to do other things. So I'm like, that means that I need to be able to pay my bills for a month and a half off of the money that I make from making that book, you know? So right. it's like, uh, you know, unfortunately, since I'm doing this full time, I have to think about it that way, you know? And um, so when I told him that he's like, okay, so, you know, what's your rate? And I told him, you know, like a hundred dollars a page and uh, I could do like 115 if I do my own inks, you know, like I'll ink my stuff as well. And he's like, I don't think that's unreasonable. And I was kind of like flabbergasted. I'm not used to hearing that, you know, <laughs> like I'm used to people being like, hey, uh, I love your stuff, but I can't really swing that, you know, sort of thing. And so um, he was like, OK, well, what are the, some of the other you know, hurdles? And I'm like, well, I haven't done this in a really long time. So I need to make sure that like whatever I do do. And sorry, my dog is like having a shit fit in the background. Um, it's okay. <laughs> oh, I, I wasn't sure if it was your dog or Jacob's dog. Oh, no. My dogs are upstairs in bed, dude. Your I'm like, actually, hate. it's it's me under my breath, you know, just like whining the whole it's time. It's actually whimpering the entire time. Yeah, it's fine. It's okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, so I told him, I was like, my other big thing is that since I haven't done interiors in so long, I need to make sure that I'm working on something that I'm not beating my head against a wall with the subject matter because I'm going to be beating my head against a wall with just getting back into the rhythm of doing storytelling, you know, cause doing covers and doing storytelling is two totally different, you know, skill sets. Like it really is. And so I was just like, I need to make sure that I'm going to be drawing stuff that I'm comfortable with so that I'm like, you know, not battling doing interiors and also battling drawing shit that I'm not very good at, you know? Um, okay. And so he literally wrote a script from the ground up. Cause I told him like, he's like, well, what are you into? I'm like, I love teenage superheroes. I love ultimate Spider-Man. That's like my favorite series ever. So I'm like, I love the whole teenage superhero thing. I love monsters and, you know, gross stuff, you know, horror related stuff. And so basically he took everything that I said that I like. And two weeks later he had an issue for the first, he had the first issue scripted and he sent it to me and I was like, holy shit. Like he really is serious. Like he wants to, to work on this and so uh you know i read that first script and i was like this is this is fucking awesome um and it's basically for a character called beacon um and so uh she's a teenage superhero um her name's tabby uh and basically it's about like um basically the the embodiment of hope is uh, essentially like a god um you know and um hope is charged with uh, keeping these these monsters and dark creatures imprisoned for centuries. And uh, basically one day what ends up happening is hope ends up getting killed and all these creatures escape and all these dark things escape into the real world. And uh, basically hope is something that can never truly die. So what happens is, is when the embodiment of hope dies, the the hope, so to speak, jettisons off and basically finds you know, uh, Tabby and makes her the new embodiment of hope sort of okay. um, and becomes a superhero. And then uh, she is able to see all of these dark creatures and stuff um, infecting people, you know, in the real world. And she's the only one that can see it. And basically what these dark creatures and stuff do is they prey on people's emotions uh, and they use those emotions to turn them into something, you know? And so like if somebody has got really bad anger issues it will prey on that and it will turn them into this like anger monster. Or if somebody has got really right. bad anxiety, it will turn them into this anxiety monster, you know? And, and so it's really cool to play with like visually, like the anxiety monster. Like I struggle with anxiety really bad. 
So I'm like, um, yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you, buddy. It's yeah, right. right, man. Like, so I'm just like, well, I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop, and I'm always terrified of what's about to happen. So I'm yeah. like, well, the anxiety monster's eyes are going to be just like constantly, you know, stripped open because it never wants to miss anything, right. you know, of what's yeah. going to happen next. And, you know, I'm like, it's this whole idea of like the anxiety monster has like shadow versions of itself that are the possible outcomes you know, of every situation. So yeah. basically it's constantly calculating like, well, what if this happens? Well, what if this happens? You know, and it's cool. like, yeah, I like that. You know, stuff yeah, that like sounds that. rad as hell. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. I wish all the artwork wasn't on my iPad. I would show you guys like what the character looks like and everything, but um, yeah, I'm really excited about it. And I'm going to start drawing the first issue at the beginning of November. And that's basically going to be all that I do from November to like the second week of December. Oh. And at that point, at that point, we're going to hopefully have, you know, like at least half the pages, you know, fully colored and ready to go so that we can give people a preview of the book and launch the Kickstarter and have something substantial to show people. And then that way, the book will be getting out quick because all have basically finished the book by the time the campaign ends. And hopefully we reach the goal. Well, so. I, I envy you, sir, because that's what I that's what I wanted. But it didn't work out that way from a financial standpoint, but. Yeah, honestly, the only reason I think it's it's like this is I, I'm just lucky enough to the um the writer Scott. He has done several Kickstarters yeah. at this point, yeah. so it's like he's kind of gotten the you know um you know those le- that learning curve and stuff mm-hmm. you know that I think everybody deals with when they start with these Kickstarter projects. You know, like I have no doubt that if I did this myself as my first you know Kickstarter. I I wouldn't know my ass from my elbow. I wouldn't even know where to start. Like I really wouldn't. I, <laughs> I just, just jumped in. You just gotta just do it. You know, you just gotta go yeah. out, wake up one day, and be like, I'm gonna do a Kickstarter, and that's it's that easy. And uh, yeah, it's so yeah. easy. But let me just tell you, it's so, so I had like 17 successful Kickstarters. It's whatever. You know, I'm working on my. Uh, he wouldn't my dare. He wouldn't dare. He has too much uh, anxiety to do it. I was gonna as say, man, he got, if you like, got anxiety as bad as you say, like that. That as soon as like he got funded, I'd be like, "Nah, I'm not doing anything else on it." Actually, I don't. I don't want to do. This <laughs> he anymore. wouldn't even I'm finish the project. Yeah. yeah. Well, because us people with anxiety, it would be like the anxiety of, "Oh God, is it gonna get funded? I don't think it's gonna get funded." Like, here's all the things that could go wrong, and then if it gets funded, then you're like, "Oh no, now it's funded. Now I got to do the thing." You yeah. know, so now it's a whole other bucket of anxiety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but that's all right. I'll let somebody else do it. It's, they got it. You know, <laughs> I I don't know how much longer you have, but before you go, we definitely have to do this uh, this weekly top five that we always do. I was gonna say I got as much time as you guys are willing to have me. So I mean, we can talk. We can talk for days, but like, I've learned with I've learned I've learned with podcasting that like anything that goes like over an hour and a half people are yeah. just like instantly turned off so i mean i could i literally could talk for days well what if i have have to have you back on though and, and talk about the kickstarter after it gets up and running you said it's gonna uh, i'd love to come back when's it gonna Maybe launch awesome. <laughs> um so we don't have a solid date yet okay. we're shooting for the end of december it okay. is probably well again i'm not sure because i think we're thinking about launching it sooner than you know sooner than i'm thinking you know um so we're, we're kind of in the midst of it. I think we're going to have a launch, uh, at least a landing page pretty soon, you know, at least of like the preview of it and stuff like that. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's sometime in December is when it's going to like really launch officially. Um, What's the name of it again? If I, I don't mind. Uh, Beacon. So, Beacon. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I'll definitely back it for you there, bud. I appreciate that, man, for sure. Uh, so anyways, so this top five. Yeah.
top five. <laughs> top five. Uh, there's a little two, there's a little jingle that we're going to insert in there. Um, <clears throat> so you came up with it. That we're going to do. That's man. about. We had the intro and we had that song and that's about it. Uh, <laughs> so the top five things that give you nostalgia and that is what you came up with. Yes. Um, Jacob probably doesn't have his list yet. No, dude, I got it off the top of my head. <clears throat> but I'll go ahead and do mine first. Uh, I have six, but I'm going to combine two of them. So I'm just, just things scattered across, right? It's just a varying, the way these t- we always do is top fives is sort of like up to your own interpretation. So yeah. in no particular order, <clears throat> I'm going to do Westerns because I used to watch Westerns with my dad and my grandpa all the time. And I didn't necessarily like them, but I have grown to appreciate them. And it's like one of my favorite like genres of things now. Um, and it just sort of like anytime I can, like whatever you think about John Wayne as a human being, those old John Wayne, like Westerns, like they just like hit a certain spot for me because it's like, that just reminds me of like, like, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 year old me. And like, that was like one of the things that I would always do with my dad. Like I would just, you know, we'd sit on the couch and we'd all watch old Westerns. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Another one is wrestling. (laughs) Um, Just in general, like gigantic wrestling fan. Like I wanted at one point in my life to be a pro wrestler. Um, It consumed my every, like everyday life. I just, everything about it, WCW, ECW, WWF at the time, like everything about it, just a kid of the nineties. And then even into the like early two thousands. And then like, I got out of it for a while, but it's like one of those things where like, you can't really get away from it. And then like AEW starts. And then like, I had this weird like connection because I'm a Jaguars fan. And then the owner's son starts this wrestling company. And then like for like two years, it's in Jacksonville all the time. So it's like this whole, you know, they're playing like right outside of Everbank field. And it's like, Oh, it's this weird thing. And, um, it's just one of those loves that never truly goes away. But even if like, you don't all, if you're, if you're not like always into it, you're still like, it's still there. And like, uh, it just reminds me of like, sort of when just growing up, man, like when you were ignorant to everything and like nothing mattered other than video games, pro wrestling, um, and you know all that stuff <clears throat> the other thing is going to be 80s movies because i am very much a product of the 80s even though i'm a 90s kid um and specifically 80s movies uh again just uh, if we weren't watching westerns we were watching my dad and i we were watching uh you know back to the future breakfast club like and even the like cheesy 80 action movies like all that stuff even Dude, even yes, back to the future yeah, and even 80, 80s horrors movies to that point too. Like just like the eighties in general, and just like all of that, just like reminds me of just like being younger, I guess. Um, comics, but more specifically nineties comics and nineties toys, because like I was that is like absolutely what shaped me as as like a thing. Like when I wrote my comic book like everything even even the art style is very reminiscent to like early image like art style and then like the way i've written it and like everything else and like i don't have an affinity for gold and silver bronze age like i respect it but like it's just not something that i'm into because i didn't grow up with it so the 90s i'm the same i totally get what you're saying and the 90s just like that you know that art like you say you know the just x-men like you know image like all that stuff spawn like all of it just like that that you know all of it just represents sort of 
how I, what started my journey to the thing that I still love to this day. And it's just like basically the kicking off point. And then I'm going to go a little bit later in life to heavy metal, but specifically like the early to mid two thousands from about 2002 to 2007, because that is where, no more of like, Kill Switch Engage, Lamb of God, um, like As Ali Dying, Shadows Fall, Aerosmith. All the Remains, yeah. like all those, that specific genre is where I went from, okay, I'm listening to like rock and roll music to like, I, cause like Pantera, I never, like I never connected with Pantera. It was too early for me. And like, it wasn't, I don't know. There was just something about that. And again, I'm in high, I'm in high school at that point. So that's sort of like where you're starting to like figure out what it is you like about stuff and like i still i'm still a metalhead to this day and like i even went down a rabbit hole the other day of just like oh shit i'm just gonna go listen to like a playlist from like 2006 and like <laughs> it was just like just like all these things that just like brought me back i was like oh my god i'm sitting in the parking lot of my car in high school like yeah. that's exactly what all this stuff reminds me of but like metal sort of like was the first thing that i found on my own that sort of like represented my identity is like what i connected to like because everybody liked comics, you know, but like I was like one of the first and even in my friends group, there are not very many people who still like metal. There's like three of us when they're in high school. that was like 18 of us. You know what I mean? So like mm-hmm. it's still the thing that has sort of sticks with me. But nice. Who wants to go next? I related to a lot of that, man. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I love that uh, McFarlane Bane you got back there. Oh, yeah, too. I'm like trying not to get my my desk in the picture because it's just action figures. Like, there's no desk; it's just action figures. I understand. Completely yeah. taking up <laughs> this is my bad gives room. me such I, anxiety. I got two tone. I got two tone walls. I got a gray wall right here, blue wall in the back, baby. I want to see if you can see this. So I was talking about '90s, right? Look at this in box, dude. In box, and it glows in the I dark. I have that figure loose from when I was a kid. Uh, I have the entire set in box. Oh my god, that's awesome! Have, did you see the new one they re-released? It did. Yes, I have that one. So I Robert, love that. Robert, that is that it? <laughs> it's so sick, dude! It's, it's a like bunch of nerds, nerds, bunch of nerds over here. <laughs> uh, All right, Deegan, you want to awesome. you want to go next, Deegan? He should go sure. last. It's his talk. Oh, okay, okay, fine. I go. I go next. It's I got because Jacob right doesn't here. have anything. He's no, dude. I got my list right here. Everybody's <laughs> gonna be so sentimental with theirs, you know, and be like, oh, and then I got like got buffets on mine. Anyways, uh, number I'm gonna go five to one because I like going. I like doing a, a top five list. Um, I'm gonna go five. Is anything ghost hunting related? Uh, just because like that's like one of those things that early on me and my dad did together. We're just like super obsessed with like ghosts. I was like obsessed with ghost stuff as a kid um dude that's cool that sounds like such a cool ass thing to do with your dad i was just like uh i know that one time we went we went to like a an old graveyard down the road it was like a it was honestly (laughs) probably like a we live in the south so like the graves (laughs) not great but anywho uh yeah we just did a bunch of like like ghost stuff um and then number four is gonna be buffets (laughs) uh, mainly because like uh, oh like food yeah, no, like food is on. Yeah, food's on here like twice, but buffets specifically because I used to Eating. work. Like there was a brief period, uh, brief period with my family, like where we own like kind of like a donut shop slash buffet, and like I just like like going up there early and like running around eating all the bacon. It's pretty fun. Oh, um, dude, I loved it so much. I would have been four hundred um, pounds to this day. I was. am, dude. So uh, number three is gonna be snow days, just because like I hated going to school and snow days were just so sick as a kid. Uh, and like where did you go? Few uh, 
uh, grew up in basically Tennessee here. Um, and what do you mean basically? You grew he grew up in the freaking boondocks. Yeah. Well, for so did it snow? Uh, yeah. That's the thing is like snow days were always kind of like a rare occurrence. Like I mean, it, would, oh. it didn't have to be much snow. It would be like a snowflake or two, and they'd close school, but it was a snow day nonetheless. So, dude, I was always even... so jealous growing up in Arizona. I was like, I didn't even know that. I thought snow days were like made up in the movies. <laughs> you know, I was yeah. like that doesn't exist. So, it like... used to snow a lot more before you know. What? For what? <laughs> For what? I don't know what happened before it's... the Earth started getting warmer changing yeah. <laughs> yeah uh number number two is gonna be uh sarah lee rolls specifically because i love sarah <laughs> lee rolls and like I, I still to this day like if i eat one and then i'm back in my childhood maybe i love them so much they're so good um and then number one it's kind of dumb but it's night sounds you know when you go outside and you hear like the crickets and stuff going crickets get, like cicadas and it's like that just <laughs> I don't know if we had air conditioning when I was a kid, but all I remember <laughs> is that the windows were always open at nighttime. And so like, that's all I remember from my childhood is like, just like laying there, listening to the cicadas and stuff and everything like that, going to sleep, you know, just like living in the boondocks. You don't have like running water or like that's... air conditioning uh, or TVs, you know? So I just like had the window open. It's nice. It takes me back. Dude, I do so. have to say ever since moving to the South, I've like, there is a distinct sound yes at, yeah in the south you know compared to anywhere else i've been it's so nice i don't know it's it's i don't know i think we probably had air conditioning i have no idea i don't remember much from like our first house that we live in it was small i remember that uh and i remember us having the windows open a lot so i don't i don't know but dude you were talking about arizona man so my dad moved out to phoenix when i was a, in my second year in college and yeah. like i flew out there in like in may and it was oh. like <laughs> it was like 110 degrees yeah dude oh, and like there's people fun. that are like oh it's 110 and like uh but listen bro 110 degrees i don't care if there's no humidity or not it's a that's dry hot heat. as fuck it's hot dude, as fuck thank you i have it's been having heat. i'm sorry this is a total total non sequitur but i have been having this argument with southerners since i moved out here and you are the first person to ever say what i say which is i'm like I would take the heat out here. I don't want to go that far. Day. <laughs> I will, so I'll go, I'll go that far, but I'm just like, cause the humidity you like for how much Southerners are like all oh, but the humidity, but I'm like, it's never been that bad to me. Like, I just, don't I'm like, like sweating every time I walk outside. That's my only it, beef with it. People talk about it. Like you're swimming through pea soup or something. I'm like, it's not that bad in Florida like, and like deep, deep Alabama and like Louisiana. Yeah. It's that, okay. Me, okay. It's that See, bad. I've never been to but like, like, like luckily where we live, we live right off in the Smokies. So like, it's not the humidity's not terrible, but like there's days where okay. it gets like thick, dude. But like, but like when I would drive home from work and it was 115 degrees, and I'm like, I'm starfishing in my apartment, you know, because I, I feel like I'm going to literally cook from the outside yeah. in. Just there, was, um, there were news reports like this was like three or four weeks ago where people were passing out in Phoenix and like they would get second degree burns. Burn. Yeah. yeah, because yeah. the concrete and the sidewalks were yeah, so man. hot because I went to Lake Havasu and like it was unbearably hot. Like I get it. Like it's right there on the lake. And like, but dude, I was just like. I'd love to go to Death Valley, dude. This I want to go sucks. No, no. I'm no, not interested I, in 132 I, I degrees. I want to see what it feels like. I want to see what it feels like. I don't like do well in the heat anyways. Like, I want to move to Canada yeah, where no. it's, like, cold all the time. 
I know. I honestly don't know why I, I moved from Arizona to the <laughs> south. I'm like from one kind of hot to the next kind of hot. Cheap. I'm like, I should have moved <laughs> yeah. to should have moved somewhere on the east the one coast. thing the south has going for it is it's very cheap to live here yeah yeah very true cost of living is i'm like the house that i own compared to like the house that my sister owns is like square footage wise is like totally different yeah and it's like their house is worth more than mine and it's just like what like yeah yeah it's crazy but no that that's funny like i don't get me wrong they both suck because hot hot sucks yeah. like i hate being hot but uh yeah, no, I think it's uh, uh every time I talk to a southerner, they're like, "Oh man, that's a dry heat, man. It's no it's problem. A dry heat. It's no a dry problem. heat, baby." I'm like, "Okay." It's like, I'm "Do like, you?" It's like work tour in May. Um, yeah, you know, in a parking lot where the asphalt is melting your shoes. Once one is <laughs> equivalent to setting in an oven, and one is the equivalent of setting in a sauna. Yeah, they're, they're both. Yeah, they're both not great. <laughs> yeah, it's not All fun right. either way you slice it. All right, your top five. Give give us the top five. What do you got? All right. See, I think I'm going to go from uh, five to one. I like that that setup. Hell yeah. Um, so number five is Back to the Future. That's hands down my favorite movie. I've seen it hundreds, like not even kidding, hundreds of times. And it's like it's one of those movies where if I if somebody put a gun to my head and was like recite Back to the Future or I'm going to shoot you, I probably could get most of it <laughs> like they'd be like know, okay you did well enough we're not gonna kill yeah you, they'd so. be like okay i didn't think you'd get this far like this is annoying at this it's point it's the closest no. thing to a perfect movie i totally agree with that statement man like when people say that i'm like i really i'm like it, it, it's the pacing is perfect that you know like there's never a boring moment you know like it's funny it's heartfelt great acting i mean it's it's crazy how rewatchable that movie is uh, the special it's, if it's, if it's on, uh, might as well. I'm tapping out for two hours because I'm going to watch it. Yep. You know what yep. I mean? 100%. And so, and especially since, you know, that was like one of my first VHS tapes as a kid. It's like so nostalgic. You know, that movie just takes me right back to being like in my room, you know, and I can see the little tube television, you know, and, yeah. and you know, and yeah. popping the cassette in. And, you know, it's like, it's such a like tangible, mm-hmm. you know, feeling like it's very specific yes yeah and and that's kind of like why i picked this as the top five because i just i struggle with nostalgia in that like it's a very aching nostalgia you know and it can be a good aching where like it's a fondness but then it can be like sad you mm-hmm. know like yeah. where it's like really never gonna get that again yeah yeah but, exactly it's but that nostalgia is a hell of a thing too because <laughs> like you can be tricked right yeah. i have i have great nostalgia for x-men animated series love mm-hmm. it but like if you go back and watch it <laughs> doesn't hold up quite no. as well no it's yeah. really bad it's those, really bad yeah. those characters are way more racist than i remember. No, it's not <laughs> that it's just like it's it's just like it's not what you remember yeah it's like, like you that's how it. i am with uh beast wars uh oh, the, yeah, the beast uh, wars. animated series uh, beast wars where it was like th- i thought the 3d animation was way better it looks than so it was. good in your head yeah dude and then i go back and watch it and it's like god these there's also like here, <laughs> 27 years ago yeah, yeah. So oh god, ago. that's crazy. But Batman yeah. holds up still, though. I think Spider-Man the animated series holds up better than X-Men the animated series oh, too. Yeah. Like, X-Men does not at all. Like yeah. I, I tried rewatching it, and then I was just like, oh. <laughs> so I'm so excited for X-Men '97 because I feel like it's gonna look how we remember it looking. But if the dialogue that makes will sense. be better, huh? But the dialogue I, will be better. 
I hope so. <laughs> but it's Disney. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, Anyways. It's hit or miss. How do you, you feel know? about Back to the Future 2 and 3? I fucking love Back to the Future 2 and 3. Like, I'm, I'm, I still think 1 is superior in every way possible. Yeah. But, dude, I can pop on back some Back to the Future 3. And, like, that's the one that gets shit on the most. That's the and, one I like. I don't, I, 2 is my favorite. least favorite. Yeah, me too. I, I totally I like, agree. I don't really like 2, to be honest with you. Two is too like it went like way too Empire Strikes Back with its like dark negativity, <laughs> you know. Like that movie is like it and ends we, on such we a already live we, and we sort of live through the whole like Biff Tannen like president <laughs> thing. So like I don't, you know, <laughs> I'm not I'm not stoked about it. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's like yeah, it's just everything in that movie is just kind of bad. Like nothing, yeah. nothing good happens that entire movie, and it's like I think it's. I think that movie is infinitely better if you watch them back to back. You know what I mean? It really makes that movie yeah. a lot more palatable if you watch all three of them just one right after the other. I've grown but to I appreciate think, three more. Yeah, oh, dude, I love three. I'm like, it's such a, you know, especially like with Westerns, you know, it's yeah. like I, it, it's such a, it's such a fun, shouldn't, shouldn't work. But for whatever reason, it works, you know, like. I hope that is a franchise that never gets remade. Dude, I hope not. Yeah. Like. I just don't think you can do it. Like there's certain movies that I think that just need to not be touched. Cause I know, I think Robert Zemeck has said that as long, and he told his like children, like, he's like, when I die, do not allow this. He's like, that's like my one and I only wish. <laughs> he's like, do not allow this movie to ever get remade. I hope they stick to it, man. It's it, you know, cause a lot of people say stuff like that, but it's like, if enough money gets thrown at people, yeah, a lot but, of time, but capitalism, so. baby, capitalism, yeah, baby. <laughs> we're back to it. Full <laughs> circle, man. <laughs> But so, uh, yeah, Back to the Future, it's, uh, you know, I put that on. And if I close my eyes, I feel like I'm a little kid crisscross applesauce, you know, in front of my my TV again. Um, number four is fall, like just the season. Oh, yeah, my man. And what's weird is I grew up with Arizona fall, which was nothing like real fall. Arizona right. fall was just summer part due. You know, yeah. it was like summer yeah. but cooler, you know, basically. Yeah. Um, but I remember every fucking movie that I watched as a kid was this awesome, you know, a hocus pocus. And you're just seeing like Hell all yeah. the leaves and that atmosphere. And it's like, oh, man. And I just remember thinking as a kid, I'm like, man, it must be so cool to live in that neighborhood. Oh, my gosh. It's so sad. It's just like, damn, I wish I could live like a real place where like they have other weather <laughs> other side, yeah. aside from like being like miserably hot. All I think hot, of so. like, yeah. like the perfect fall minus like what happens is in halloween the very first halloween dude like that is funny is it's fake yeah because it was like 75 degrees you know when they were filming in california and they had one bag of leaves that they just had to carry around but it looks so good though it looks like fall yeah yeah no that movie got um that movie um hocus pocus um there's a couple of them that just like nail Halloween, that. T- Halloween Town is atmosphere. one I can remember. It's like a Disney Channel movie, but it was I like, remember that yeah, one. Yeah, that one had a good, a really good fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so yeah, fall in general because I'm just like I love again, like you said, I hate being hot. So yeah. like I love weather starts to change and you start getting that coolness, you know, in the air. And like I'm sorry, I'm a hoodie baby weather girl. Yeah. Like you know that those smells, those pumpkin, pumpkin spice smells, lattes, baby. It man, like so I'm like the only reason people hate on things is because they're the gold standard, man. And I'm like, there's a reason why people hate on pumpkins because it's fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, 
you know, the minute I could buy a pumpkin pie at Walmart, I'm like, let's go. That's, <laughs> how, I, that's how I'm with eggnog, dude. I, I oh, mean, really? Eggnog. I, I drink it a year round. I love eggnog <laughs> so much, man. It's so it makes good. Me, it makes me gag. <laughs> but yeah, no. So just like, and so now that I'm in, uh, you know, Atlanta, it, it looks a lot like the falls that I always, yeah. you know, dreamt about as a kid. And so, man, like the first year that I moved out here and I'm driving home from work and like all the leaves are falling and it's these little one lane back roads in the woods. And I'm just like, man, like I had tearing up. Oh, dude, I'm not even kidding. I I had like I I had like a religious experience last year driving to Baltimore um, in October because I had to go through Virginia. And there was this stretch of road for like 45 minutes in Virginia where it was just like two lanes and the trees arched over the whole highway. Oh, did you go through the Shenandoah Valley? It might have been. I, I meant to check on my GPS where the hell I was because I wanted to remember, you know, where that was. But man, for 45 minutes straight, it's just these this archway of trees, you know, all orange and yellow and stuff. And like occasionally you see the water. Yeah. Dude, I like I teared up. Like I really did. I like started yeah. crying. I was like, I'm so thankful for my life. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> But um, yeah, so just that whole season. I, so that's why I'm so stoked that it's uh, it's approaching. You know, I'm like once once the air starts getting cooler, I'm just going to be like hoodies every day. Oh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but um, so then number three is Toys R Us. Oh, dude, let's go. <laughs> like, I, I was so when I took my last walk around to Toys R Us before it went out of business, I was like. I had a little moment, you know, where I was just like, man, I'm never going to walk through a Toys R Us again. Cause it'll I just remember back. it'll be back. Don't you worry. It'll Canada, Canada still has them. I know. I'm like, I want to go to Canada just to visit Toys R Us. <laughs> Thanks. But it's like, you know, there was nothing that feeling when, you know, I don't know how your parents were, but like, we didn't go a lot, you yeah. know? So it was like, it was a like big fucking deal when they're like, you want to go to Toys R Us and pick something out? I'm like, do I? You know, like, well, you don't even have to ask me that question. <laughs> mine was, go, man, mine came down. It was like, do you want to go to the mall and go to KB Toys or do you want to go to Toys R Us? Yep. Yep. Like, and KB was like, you could usually get more for your yes, money. Yes, absolutely. But the selection wasn't quite as good, you know, but the so better stuff. Like, yeah, it was. It was. Like, you, so we played the same game. It was like, oh, you could get like three for 10 or yep. like whatever you're going to get. But then yep. like. You could get like this the only like this particular thing you could only get at Toys R Us, and it was like, yeah. oh, man, you had to make the choices as a kid, <laughs> dude. Well, and I remember I'll never because I was a massive Power Ranger kid. Like oh, yeah. that hit me right at the right time. I was all in from the beginning, and I rem- I will never forget. I went into a Toys R Us one day, and it was before the Green Ranger had been even announced. You know, like there we had no idea there was going to be a Green. We didn't Ranger. have the internet back then. Yeah, no. And so I'm walking down the toy aisle and in the Power Ranger section, there's a Dragon Zord and Green Ranger set. And I'm like, who the, who the fuck is that? Yeah. I'm like, who's the Green Ranger? Yeah. What? And I remember just begging my mom. I was like, please, nobody is going to believe me if I don't walk <laughs> out of here with this thing. I'm going to go into That's school so and be like, funny, there's a yeah. Green Ranger. And they're going to be like, no, there isn't. You know, and she ended up getting it for me. And then like a week or so later was when the that whole story arc started in the TV show. And so now oh, it's like, man, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I can just yeah. envision it in my head. I just remember seeing the aisles and dude, shit was so packed back then. 
You know, like it wasn't like now you walk into Target or something and the shelves are practically empty all the time. Yeah. You know, like, oh, there was just something about like, and then having to go and like get the video game ticket, mm-hmm. the ticket, you know, out of mm-hmm. the thing and walk over to the man in the cage, <laughs> you know, and, and get your video games. Like, mm-hmm. man, it was Take something so like, you know, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, that's what I think I miss so much is just like everything nowadays, there's not, there's not that that tangibleness the, to a lot yeah, of stuff. the feeling yeah you know it's like we can watch anything we want at any moment but i'm like i would still take the limited selection of blockbuster you know and being able to go in and like actually like look at shit and ask somebody hey have you seen this you, you know having like, to decide what movie you wanted to watch based off a cover yeah man comics yeah. are the same way too like you walk in the comic store and you're like that that, that looks rad as shit i'm gonna try this yeah I know. I'm like, I'm sorry. Everybody shits on like foil covers from the nineties, but I'm like, you bet your ass when I went into the comic book store and I saw amazing Spider-Man 375 with Venom and Spider-Man going at it. And it was gold foil. I'm like, my dumb little kid brain was like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like I, I literally <laughs> just bought an issue issue one of pit the other day just because nice. I was like, holy shit. Like, like talking about nostalgia, like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not, not even going to read it. I might, I might open it up and flip through it, but like, it was like three bucks, and I was like, "Issue one, absolute pit, pit rules." Dude, Very that hit. cover is so awesome. Like yeah, the whole, like his whole face on it, dude. Because yeah, like, like that back then, you walk in and it's just like, like your eye catches that. You're like, "I want this." I don't know what this is or who this dude is, but like, I want it. Yep, exactly. Like, so yeah, Toys R Us is huge. I'm like, that oh, that brings me back. Uh, two is kind of general, but music, like. It's crazy how much music can just teleport you directly back to a time and a place. And it's like for me, like, you know, um, George Strait. Uh, if I hear George Strait, I'm four years old on my swing set in Arizona, my cowboy boots. And, you know, like, um, you know, my parents are inside cooking dinner, you know, and and stuff like that. And we're just out in the desert running around, you know messing around with stuff. And hell yeah, I'm like, like scorpions, right? That's like, oh, dude, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like scorpions snakes i'm like i don't know how i'm like arizona is just like australia, australia light yeah but like light yeah exactly. yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's so true i'm like that place is like should not be habitable i don't understand it but um, oh, a lot of it's not right i mean realistically no <laughs> you know like <laughs> if you if you really sit and think about it for very long but like doesn't stop people yeah. <laughs> like from from living in a lot of places but you know so like that like brings me back to a kid but then like i moved out here in like 2012 and i was listening to a few albums and artists at that time and was just obsessed with those albums and so now whenever i listen to those albums i'm like right back to 2012 and like 2012 and 2013 are like i think honestly the two my two favorite years of my life because when i first moved out here it just changed everything for me like moving out here just changed my life like if i had stayed back in arizona i don't think i'd be doing what i'm doing now so i'm like really thankful for i made i knew nobody other than my dad when i moved out here so it was like clean slate you know and so i made all new friends i you know was living in a totally different environment you know with seasons and stuff like that so it's like whenever i hear that music from that time it just takes me right back to like when i first got here i had a savings so i didn't work for a few months so I was just kind of chilling and doing whatever I wanted to. And at 25 years old, I was like, oh, my God, what is this? Like, just doing whatever I want. Like, Freedom. So crazy. <laughs> what is yeah, this? You know? What is like, this? 
and I would just go out at night at like two in the morning and just drive. And I didn't, I just would go in a direction, you know, and just explore, you know, and just like, see like, okay, where am I, how far can I get tonight before I feel like I need to turn back, you know, full exuberance, man. Yeah, dude. Like, you know, just that, like that excitement of what, Oh, what's going to be the next thing I see or you're, you know, like, and so just having that music blaring in the background, is just like, man, it takes me right back to that and gets me, that's more of an aching one. Like that makes me sad. Cause I'm like, that will never be again, you know, sort of thing. Yeah, it's like right. that, that time is gone, you know? Um, so that's the second one. Music is a big one. And then number one is Christmas time. I'm such a, I'm a huge Christmas person. Like it's so funny. Cause I look like I'd be like, Halloween, you know, but, uh, and I love Halloween. Like that's my second favorite time of the year. But like Christmas time, I'm just like I had such good Christmases growing up and not in the sense that like a lot of people hate on Christmas because they're like, it's so commercial. And I'm like, well, yeah, if you make it commercial, it's commercial. But like for me, I'm like, we had a big family when I was a kid. And so my memories of Christmas are just every family member being at our house, you know, and like those big family Christmases with my grandparents and, you know, running around and playing with all my cousins, you know, and really good food and, and the food, you know, baby, that's dude, my, that's my favorite yes. part about Christmas. Food <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Give me some honey baked ham and some, uh, you know, I'm like some dry ass Turkey. Um, <laughs> love me some dry ass Turkey, <laughs> dude. Know. On a Sara Lee roll. Let's go. Oh dude. With a little bit of Mayo. Oh no. Oh, You've dude, ruined no. it. You got it. Right. I mean, I, I hate mayonnaise. To, I've grown I to hate love mayonnaise, it. you know. Oh, like like top ten things I hate most. Like it's up there in the top, like I it is like it makes me physically ill. I don't. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna like eat it raw, you know. But oh I'll, god, I'll no. It, no. I'll mix it into like a sauce or like have it on a chicken sando. You know, if they forget yeah. to not put the to make it plain, I'll I'll eat it. It's yeah. fine. I'll pick almost any spread over mayo, but as as long as I have at least mayo. You know, it makes it from. Keeps it I'm from uncomfortable being- with this conversation. <laughs> I don't. I, I hate man. It's so much. Like so it, good, it. Like talking about it makes my throat like tighten. I don't know oh, why. Dude, like I hate it so much. That's how I am with ranch. Oh, okay, like, I, oh, dude. It makes me want to throw up. I just can't. I just can't. But, ranch, um, is, ranch is a southern thing for sure. Yeah, I've noticed. <laughs> like people, people in the south, like. They, they it's on a podium like with yeah. jesus and ranch um <laughs> yeah but uh <laughs> but yeah no so like christmas time like, sweet tea. I, i'm a sucker for the music i'm a sucker for the cold you know like i love going out and immediately seeing your breath you know and having to yeah. put on a jacket and you know shit like that i love the christmas decorations you know the lights and I'm like, I love putting up my Christmas tree. I it's funny. I start Halloween on September first. <laughs> and should. I celebrate Halloween for two months. And then November first, I'm like, oh yeah, there's that speed bump Thanksgiving. But it's like oh, Christmas man, is man. November through December for me. Um because yeah. I just because especially the older that you get, like I've been chasing that feeling mm-hmm. my entire mm-hmm. life. You know, like I'll never get that feeling of what Christmas felt like when I was a kid. You know, and it's like every year I'm just kind of chasing that feeling. And it's like, I know in the back of my head, I'm never going to get it, you know, but it doesn't but keep maybe me from crying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe this year. There's always the chance. You I, know? I, I'm not a big Christmas person, but since having my daughter, I have I have a newfound appreciation for it because you see it. You you that that chasing that you're talking about, you've sort of yeah. seen it through the eyes of like an innocent child, like 
that's the great like christmas is the greatest thing in the world to it takes child. a lot of the cynicism out of it you know it and, does it really uh, does and like she's an only child too so it's just like it is all about her and and just like that's cool you know, so it's 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 i'm still not a christmas person but like i will for her <laughs> like we're, we're taking her to disney in october and like i could not dude want to go less but like i <laughs> but i want to go more than anything because i want to go with my daughter yeah so Dude, like she's gonna freaking love it. Oh, I know. Here it is so cool. So like that. That's the thing. It's like I have. There's two wolves inside of me. You know, <laughs> as, as Jacob likes to say, um, he's about to pass out and go to bed. So yeah, where dude, can people cool. find you, my friend? Yeah. So um, Instagram is my main place. That's where I really like do the bulk of my posting and stuff like that. Um, so that's a uh, pop gore art. So P O P G O R E art um okay. on instagram uh and then you can find me at uh deegan Picaris on twitter i'm never on twitter i just made a twitter for the first time a year ago and i got a twitter right when everything was burning to the ground so i'm never on twitter um <laughs> but Hell you yeah. can follow me there if you want um and then <laughs> facebook is pop gore as well um so facebook and instagram are like the two main places i basically load stuff on facebook for the older folks uh who do, don't you, do you have a website um, so I don't really have a website. I have a portfolio online. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't have a website. I probably should get one, but, um, yeah, I don't have one at this moment, but, uh, if I ever do get one, I'll make sure to let everybody know. But, um, Absolutely. oh, and then my other big thing, I, I always forget to, to talk about this because I feel bad talking about it, but it's a, a big part of my career is, um, I have Patreon. Okay. Um, so if anybody searches my name on Patreon, it'll pop right up. Uh, you know, and I have a bunch of tiers on there. Um, I have like a tier where you get exclusive art prints like this. Silo. Uh, and I hand number them and sign them. So there's like every month, there's only two or three people in that tier. So there's only two or three of these that exist, you know? Sure. So it's like to get some of the rarest stuff that I've made is on Patreon. So okay. um, yeah. And then I have a bunch of stuff where like, you can just do the basics where you get like digital art. So you can have it as wallpapers on your phone uh, you know, I have options where for other artists, I can uh, give you critiques on your work and tell you, you know, what I think you can do to improve it, uh, things like that. So, yeah, if anybody gets a chance, that's super helpful. And the Patreon is one of those few things that is like income that is consistent, you know, because the rest of my job is completely inconsistent, you know, and it yeah. could be Mr. Famine. So like the Patreon is really what helps me kind of have something every month that I can count on, you know, so. I, awesome. I need to start talking about that more, but yeah. So those are the main places. That's uh, that's where you. Can I'll put uh, I'll put all the links on all the on the show episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I appreciate I'll put all that. that. Um, so thank you. Yeah, dude. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, man. It's been such a good time, man. Absolutely, dude. This was a blast. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. This is this is like right up my alley. I'm like I enjoy you know doing other podcasts that are strictly about comics and stuff, but I just like shooting the shit a lot of oh, times. That's so all we do here. That's yeah. all we do, man. Great. Like. It's all about just like a, just like a chill, just a chill hangout, man. Cause like I, it also like, you know, it can be, can be intimidating when you're like talking to people you don't know and like, yeah, also, I can imagine and like trying, well, I mean, and like trying to talk, well, I mean, I know him, I have the benefit of knowing him. So like, yeah, you know, coming on here and like, I mean, you and I, we've, you know, 30 minutes basically and here yeah. and there on Instagram <laughs> and stuff, but like we try to make it to where it's not so much like a, like a like a confrontation it's more of a conversation i guess yeah. so it's just like try to yeah. try to ease people in and make it 
you know we're trying to get a new uh category on podcasts where it's just chill <laughs> it's the lo-fi lo-fi chill girl like but it's like for podcasting it's us and we're just nice we're just chill. there you go just well, talk. yeah, no, like the second that I got on, I was like, oh, we're just talking with the bros, man. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hundy, Hundy P. Is That's the all I needed this year to get me through it. So I appreciate it. It feels good. 